1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of
2: character, and they showed it. Shout. A Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else
1: you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right now.
2: Presented by Syracuse.com and nyup.com. The
3: Bills make me wanna
4: For episode 100 of Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast, we decided to do something we never do. Start early. <laughs> Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. Uh, he is my co-host, Ryan Talbot. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. My friend, we've made it under a year, 100 episodes. We have quite a show lineup uh, tonight. We're going to get into that. But how are you doing today? Hey, I'm
5: doing great. And you're right. The grind has been real here. A hundred episodes started around April. So, you know, we've been pushing out a lot of content and I'm really excited about tonight's show.
4: We want to give a quick shout out at the top here. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Make sure you get ready for the the big weekend game uh, this weekend. Head over to Tops, get all your goodies and and get stocked up uh, with all your food and drinks for the game. Uh, Sunday night, 640, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight uh, for sure. Uh, but before we get into too much here, we have a full slate tonight. Three guests. We're so excited about it. We just launched this YouTube channel. So if you're watching us on YouTube right now, do us a favor. I know we say it every time. We're going to continue to say it. Smash that subscribe button right below. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Like the video as well. It really helps us out as we're trying to uh, get up to a 1,000 maybe before – um Sunday's uh, post game show. Uh, we just started that. We used to be on the New York Upstate channel and we wanted to create kind of a new, uh, all encompassing Buffalo Bills environment here on the new channel. So uh, it, it's going great. We're excited about it. You'll find clips, you'll find the full episodes. We're going to turn in st- into all Bills all the time. I'm excited about it, Ryan.
5: Oh. I'm pumped up about it too. Sorry, I lost my voice there for a minute. So yeah, uh, I can't wait. I love it. I love the short little clips that we have for the Bills fans. Uh, Looking forward to having a Bills-centric page where everything there is going to be about their favorite
4: team. All right, so let's set up this show for tonight because it is an absolutely loaded lineup. We're so excited about it. We're going to start off... With somebody who's been covering this, I don't want to date him too much, but somebody who's been covering this football team for a long time, Howard Simon from WGR 550. Uh, He is the host of the Howard and Jeremy show every Monday through Friday morning on WGR 550, uh, 6 to 10 with our buddy Jeremy White. And this is his first time appearing on the show. When I started thinking about potential guests to have on, Ryan, it just made sense. Like, I can't believe we haven't had Howard on yet. So we're going to have him on and talk to him a little bit about who's going to be our second guest.
5: Second guest tonight, we have a big-time uh, UFC presence uh, for, for ESPN, Ariel Helwani. Uh, looking forward to seeing him on the show tonight. He was great on the Pat McAfee show recently, so really looking forward to having him tonight on the show. And then, Matt, who's our last guest tonight?
4: Then we're going to bring on a, a, a second uh, – this is will be his second appearance. Actually, this is technically Ariel's second appearance if you want to call – what we were doing before the podcast really materialized. I went live with him on Instagram for a really cool session that's on the old YouTube page if you want to find it. Um, but Jason Tardick from uh, The Bachelorette, we're going to have him on tonight to, uh, You know, talk more about this unbelievable season. I mean, he's a huge Buffalo Bills fan, what he's up to, what he's got going out on, on the West Coast. Uh, that's going to be super fun. That's going to be at 830. So the schedule goes like this, 7, seven o'clock right here. We'll, we'll be joined by uh, Howard Simon shortly. And then we are going to uh, move on to Ariel Hawani at 730. And then uh, Jason will be in at about 830-ish. Uh, we'll talk some bills uh, in that in that block from uh, between Ariel and uh, Jason. And uh, we'll get into some things. Because, I mean, right now, Ryan, you, you're looking at this football team. We're... Five days out, four days out from the uh, AFC title game, and uh, you know the the storylines are are are, mature, are kind of uh, percolating out there a little bit, and um, you know we're moving and plotting forward here and. and you know, this thing's becoming very real very quickly. Uh, I'm heading out to Kansas City on Saturday to bring you full coverage. Uh, uh, my buddy Josh Josh Reed, Channel 4 Sports Director, I do the pregame show on Channel 4 with uh, him, Thad Brown, Tim Graham, Heather Prusak, Sal Capaccio. Uh, they're already down in Kansas City. They're going to be doing live shows from there. Uh, Thursday, Friday we'll, we'll have them uh, at night on Channel 4, and then they'll have a show Saturday and then Sunday uh, from uh, Arrowhead, I will be out there and we will be live uh, there as well. So make sure uh, you got Channel 4 dialed up all weekend. What, what do you got going on this weekend, right
5: Yeah, a few few radio spots coming up this weekend, but pretty much getting all the content out there for the Bills Mafia. So keep an eye on the websites, nyup.com, syracuse.com, because Matt and I will have you covered.
4: Howard just texted me and he's working on some computer issues. So <laughs> um, we've, we've been there before. We've been there before. He'll be here any minute. Do me a favor if you're watching here. Um, two things. Number one, if you're watching, like I always wonder, like where people are consuming it, like the, the podcast. Like, are you watching on YouTube? And if if so, are you watching on your phone? If you're on Facebook, probably your phone or Twitter. Um, but for me, like sometimes I'll scan on the YouTube app on my on my TV. And I'll watch, you know, some shows like in that format. And I think that's so great, like to be able to kind of watch it almost as like a TV program is is super relaxing. So DM me your pictures if you do it. Um, I'll share them on the show. I'd like to see your your setup, how you how you watch the show. Uh, that'll be interesting. Um, get your questions in now. Anything that you want covered throughout the night for all three of our guests, for Ryan and I, as we kind of move our way through this two-hour episode. Um, we will be sure to talk about it. Some updates on the Bills from today uh, before we get Howard in here. Um, Cole Beasley not on the injury report at all. That's huge news, Ryan.
5: Yeah, that, that's big-time news. You know, he was really hampered by that injury week 17. You could see that. Uh, he, he's been – or not playing at least. Playoff game against the Colts, he was hampered, but he wanted to be out there. He's, he talked about how much – uh, it hurt him not to play in week 17. So having him out there against the Colts at less than 100%, he still performed. He still made several big catches. Uh, wasn't as involved this past week. Obviously was targeted a few times, no receptions. But he's going to be a key factor in this game against the Chiefs. So not having him on the injury port, knowing that he is feeling uh, pretty healthy at this point, that's a huge sign and a really encouraging sign for this Bills team.
4: Yeah, we were talking to Stefan Diggs today, a lot of really good stuff from him. I'm I'm hoping to uh, get a story up on just going into the dynamic of this receivers room this week. And, you know, I, I, It's funny, the the way that they're doing it on some of these days, this this is a big media day today, obviously. A lot of Kansas City media, national media, even some Philadelphia market and Washington market media that want to tell the story of, you know, from Sean McDermott's Philadelphia days, Andy Reid, and then obviously Washington, D.C. area, Stephon Diggs is from there. Uh, And and there was just people from all over. And um, so what happens is I set up three, there's three Zoom rooms as opposed to, you know, what we traditionally get just going into the locker room. So I have it on the computer, I have it on the iPad and I have it on the cell phone and I'm, I'm kind of maneuvering them. And today it was so crazy. I had to actually move it, the iPad and the, and the phone into different rooms, because if I didn't, I couldn't hear what was happening on the one screen. So it was just, it was hectic. It was crazy, uh, but it was a good time. All right. We're not going to waste any time here. He's ready. I think, I think he's ready to go. Let's get him in here. Mr. Howard Simon. How are you, my friend?
1: Boys, this is why you should have kids. Uh, Because uh, I opened the link, and of course, it said my computer doesn't have technology to support this. Blah blah blah. You got to download this, you got that. Which I went, Jonathan, and yelled to my 24-year-old son and said, "Fix it!" So, boys, uh, I'm all with you. Thanks to him. If it was just me here. Uh, I don't know what I would have done.
0: Honestly,
4: it's it's okay. It's always um, we're great, and thank you so much for taking the time uh, to yeah, to join us good. tonight. And th- it's always kind of a crapshoot when somebody's coming on for the first time, getting like getting through that that first period of signing in and getting through. Yeah. And so we're glad I that you waited to the last second to do that part. I guess is what I maybe yeah. I screwed up. It's okay, and we actually had some housekeeping stuff to get out of the way, so it works out perfectly. I want to start with something though. As I was preparing for your segment tonight, you know, I started like, you know, just went back through the week and you know what you were talking about and see if there's anything that you know would, would strike my fancy. And you know, I thought something something struck me. Your in your Twitter bio, your name is just Howard WGR, and I don't hate that one bit. In fact, I kind of aspire to get to the point in my career where I can have a one name intro on my on yep. my twitter bio and everybody just knows me as one name so you've you've made it after all these years covering this team
1: and that's not a slight uh, i think you reading way too much into it when that when they first <laughs> said i got a bit on twitter okay well my first name is howard and i work at wgr all right there you go twitter it's all done set ready to go i mean it was really there was no creativity it was just basically <laughs> name station boom done I right. it. so howard how is it right
5: now when you have to talk Sabers, but everyone wants to talk about the Bills?
1: Yeah, it it is interesting, you know. And I I don't think we should ignore the fact that hockey season has begun. But we understand, you know, everybody's consumed by the Bills. We are, you guys are, we all are. Um, so you just kind of have to hit a, a little bit. Of, I wouldn't even say balance because it's mostly. I couldn't give you a percentage, but it's mostly Bills talk. But I, I you know, we'll get the occasional complaint. Uh, I don't remember which morning it would have been. At some point, we were talking about the Sabers, and somebody calls up off the air and says, "Do you guys know the Bills are still playing?" I'm like, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> I mean, we're we're. I, I think I saw something in an email, um, but it, but again, it is also we're not going to ignore the fact that they're playing. We're not going to talk a ton about them. Um, you know, when we have our Sabers reporter Paul Hamilton on, we'll work in a Bills question or two because he covers he's covered the Bills and talks about the Bills too. So I, I just think, guys, it, you you don't pretend they're not playing but we also understand that you know bills and what they're doing is uppermost in everyone's thoughts we'll just keep everybody informed on what the sabers are doing and eventually you know we'll switch our focus there after the super bowl parade yeah and it's it's funny because you know
4: for people that are tuning in in at different times of the week I mean you're you're going for four hours a day five days a week I I I think it's almost you know to I've heard you guys talk about at times it's got to get to a point where it's like, all right, you know what? I think we probably covered this game from
1: every conceivable yeah. angle. And maybe it's nice to have something else to talk about for a minute. You know, it's, it's funny. That, that actually is another point about the Sabres, too. But I, and we kind of forget. And I, I do have to rem- remember that we're there from six to 10. We're here. Obviously, we hear all four hours. So we know if we've done three hours and 40 minutes of Bills content and five minutes of Sabres content, but that's not everybody. People listen for their drive to work, people, whatever. They might have a 10-minute window in the entire morning, and if it just so happens that 10-minute window we're talking Sabres, they're going to assume probably that we've been talking Sabres all morning, which isn't the case. It just happened to be when they lined up and listened for a few minutes. So I I do kind of have to remind myself they're getting a snippet. They don't understand if at 7.30 we're doing where I have Paul Hamilton on, and that's when they start listening. They wouldn't realize for the first 90 minutes we just talked about the Bills. So I, I do get that and and I do have to be aware of that. But it's funny you mentioned that Matt, I haven't hit that this week. I'm not I'm telling you, man, by Friday last week, I was so I just wanted to get to Baltimore. I like we typically we'll go Monday is talk about the game. Tuesday is typically a follow about something from the game. Wednesday during the regular season, we start working in the next game and then we go heavy Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, it's different. You know, we, we started talking about Baltimore probably on Monday. We transitioned pretty quickly from the Colts to the Ravens and from the Ravens to the Chiefs. So, yeah, you're right. Honestly, by Friday, I thought I'm not sure uh what long snappers have we broken down the long snappers yet? <laughs> I, think we, I think we did just about everything we could. Um,
4: how are you dealing with this season? And and that's something I want to bring up as well because obviously like you know if you talk about the market as a whole and there's you know different levels of experience and and how long people have covered this team and the familiarity with you know not only the drought but even going back to when they were good and you know i i go back to listening to you and i don't again don't want to date you but uh we were talking about it for the show on empire sports network uh, with my guy Artie baby boo boo uh i told i told ryan he'll always hold a special place in my heart because as a youngster like real young like 10 11 shouldn't be calling into a talk radio show he would take my calls on the empire sports network and i always got a kick out of that and i always i always look back on that but you've covered this team for for decades and you talked about this
1: team for decades how does this how is this going for you this year? Yeah, it's fun. I, I I have the role. You know when NBC like rolls out, you know, eighty-five year old Tom Broca or however old he is, and he's like the historical perspective on the news. That's my role at GR. I'm I'm the senior citizen of the group. So, hey there, Uncle Howard. What was it like when the Bills made the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, kids, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but it, it's fun. Yeah, look, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's weird. Over every now and then, there's there's a I don't know it's a, a myth or some people think, well, you guys must like it when teams are bad, more people are calling. People don't call when they're winning. What's the point? They call when teams are bad. They want coaches fired and players traded and blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, no, nah, I'm tired of it. I want wins. We've talked, you know, 17 seasons without a Bills playoff berth and nine seasons with a Sabres playoff drought. I've seen enough of that stuff. This season has been, it's the most fun I've had in this job I'm going to guess since the Sabres went to back-to-back finals and obviously with the bills since in 30 years, uh, so I'm, I'm having a blast. I think it's great. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I can't tell you how much it means to see a team win. Um, it's great to hear the fans pumped. It's great to hear the energy in their voices when they call the shows. It's great to see the, you know, the reaction we're getting on Twitter, um, the conversations that are going on. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. You know, knock on wood keep going win a couple more games because certainly you know the buffalo sports fans are over over overdue for somebody to win a championship around here
5: okay you're not kidding and you've mentioned the super bowl a few times and that kind of takes us to our next question how does this team stack up against those 90s super bowl teams is are there any areas where this team is actually better than that
1: team Ooh. Um. No, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, fellas. I love Josh Allen and his stats. He's blowing away Kelly's stats, but it's a different era. Mm. Hard to pick anybody on offense, quite honestly. You know, Kelly, Thurman, Andre, um, the offensive line, Hall anchoring a really good offensive mm. line. That's tough. I mean, I'd have to look on the defensive side. I mean, there's no Bruce Smith. Um, but I'm the secondary, I think, as, the, as a group, sorry, Nate Odoms, Mark Kelso, and anybody else who might be listening – that's the one area, fellas, I think, you know, the, the coaching, I think, is right up there as well. You know, you've got a really good head coach. Back then, people loved the offensive corner. That was probably the last time the Bills fans loved an offensive coordinator around here. Um, so I, I would say it's hard. To, I mean, that team had a whole bunch of Hall of Famers, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard to say they where they are better than them if you wanted me to go, like, position by position secondary, special teams, I, that might be the areas where I would go. But outside of that, I mean, the Bills' offense of the 90s was phenomenal. You know, as good as this is, that was a phenomenal group. And, you know, Bruce Smith, Daryl Talley, Cornelius Bennett, there were some studs on those teams.
0: Mm.
4: Um, Speaking of studs, one that the Bills are going to go up against this week is uh Patrick Mahomes. We believe he practiced today. It's looking – all signs are pointing to uh, the fact that he's going to play. But I want to ask you – You know, we've been talking about it the last couple days. We did an early week podcast to get our our initial thoughts on the matchup. And, you know, not only is Patrick dealing with, you know, the concussion-like symptoms, whatever that may be, we don't really know the details of it, but also that pretty significant uh, foot-ankle injury that he was dealing with in the game. I mean, he was hobbling around. He did not look 100% at all even before he went out of the game. So I guess my question is, how are you feeling about the Bills' defense And that matchup against Mahomes, especially considering all the hoops he's got to jump through this week. And maybe even if he's able to play an okay, you know, no head issues, no concussion issues that ankle could still be in play.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, if it's, if he's limited in terms of his mobility, that's, you know, that's problematic. He can, I mean, it's not like he can't beat you from the pocket, just stand back there and throw the ball. He's exceptionally good at that. I mean, your name in the pocket, out of the pocket zone, man. Blitzing him, whatever doesn't matter. He's been successful, but yeah, if he, it's like Josh Allen, guys. He's good enough to win a game from the pocket, but one of the weapons in his arsenal is his legs, or are his legs, his ability to either extend plays, you know, look, you know, get out of the pocket, make a throw on the edge somehow, keep a play going. You know, there are plays you've seen it before where you swear Mahomes is about to run and he stops and he throws the ball. I mean, to to get out there and do that, or you know, for a, a conversion, you know, to use the legs when the pockets collapsing or, you know, guys are covered and he can run. He's such a weapon with that. If he's limited in some way, shape or form, and he doesn't have full use of that part of his game. Sure. That helps the bills a little bit, but I don't want to give anybody a false sense of security. If, if they, if this guy's on one leg and he can only stand in the pocket and throw, he could still beat you. He's that good in terms of passing the football.
4: mhm Uh, You asked a question that I thought uh, earlier in the week on Twitter, and I'm sure you guys talked about it on the show. I did not hear uh, any portions of that episode. So I I was curious and wanted to get, you know, maybe what the feedback you got and where you kind of land on it. You said, what side of the ball will this game come down to? And it's a great question because, you know, me going into the game right now, we talked about this Monday. I think it's going to be kind of a fireworks show pending weather. I mean, if if, if it's a rainstorm uh, that we're going to have to kind of adjust things a little bit, expectations but I really think it's going to come down to Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. But what was the feedback you got from that and where you kind of think that
1: this is going to come down to? You know, I, it's funny. I think on Twitter, I think it was a split. I put up a poll too, and I probably should have checked the results. So I'm, I'm curious now, maybe <laughs> you get a chance, but um, I think it was a split. I, I think, you know, it's funny. Some of it may be age range, you know, the youngins like you guys, that probably might be more, would more tend to go towards offense and I think if you're in my age range, when you were, you know, out of the womb, they slapped you and said, don't forget, defense wins championships. You know, build your hockey team from the goal out front. When you build your baseball team, put the starting rotation together first. So I, I think maybe maybe the older crowd is still, hey, our, it's Mahomes. you got to limit him. You know, our defense has got to go out there and hold this guy to 24 points max. It's a lot to ask. Um, so me personally, I, I think it's the offense. I'd say there was a split, but I think, uh, enough people to understand if you're going to beat Kansas City, if Mahomes is playing, if you're going to beat Kansas City, you're probably not winning 24 23. We were looking at some of the numbers today. Jeremy brought up, you know, the since Mahomes took over in 2018, they've lost nine games. That's regular season and playoffs since 2018. Nine games. He's won like 43. In the nine losses, the Chiefs still averaged 29 points. In mm. nine losses. Okay, so the teams that beat them in those nine games, they averaged 37. So if the defense, I mean, the defense would have to have, they'd have to do guys what they did in the first game, right? Limit them to about 26 points, do better against the run. Uh, But again, no over-the-top passes, no big day for Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill had 20 yards receiving that game. You got to do that and then make sure they don't run for 245 yards a lot to ask as well as the defense is playing it's a lot to ask i think it boils down you want to beat kansas city you have to outscore kansas city you have to be able to put more than 30 points on the board i think matt i'm with you unless unless there's uh you know like a noah's ark storm or maybe freezing rain they're talking about that possibility doesn't seem like it's going to be really windy i I think you got to get over 30 points to win this game
5: hmm I, I think that's a great point. I, I think you're right there. It'll be interesting to see what the Bills do in terms of maybe a passing attack and, and altering or shifting plans. But Howard, one of everyone's favorite segments, and you know, one of my favorite segments, is Howard picks the Bills. The, can, can we get a prime time? Just click on lead
1: Studio. Right, I hit the X. Right, fellas, is that-, <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> so, did you were you aware that
4: Dal Reed literally schedules? He schedules his week around Howard picks
1: the Bills. Did you know that? I did not. I know. Um, I don't remember which week it was. I know Dell was very unhappy with me one week, whatever the heck I did, and <laughs> tweeted very quickly to me, "You're dead to me." And every- <laughs> I, I, honestly, yeah, I think I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl two weeks ago just to get back in Dell Reed's good graces. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. So, I, I, honestly, guys, I just think whatever people if people get a kick out of it, great. I don't understand it. I don't know why people think it's a good segment. I mean, what the hell do I know? I'm just picking the game. I mean, it's not like anything I say has relevance. Like two weeks ago when I picked them to win the Super Bowl, people reacted like, well, if Howard says they're going to win, they're going to win. <laughs> I mean, it's just, in fact, I might be a jinx. So, But whatever, we, we do get a lot of feedback. I like to try and screw around with the guys. I know people have fun with it. So whatever, we'll, we'll keep doing it, even though I just wonder sometimes what, what people think. Fair enough. So, are you are you gonna pick the game? By the way, are you picking the Bills, you boys? What, want you know? Well, we
4: could pick, pick the Bills. We could pick. Is that the bills you did right it at the end of
1: your show? I don't want to spoil the we, end. No, of the you're year. not spoiling anything. We already got our. Enough. We
4: we kind of already got our picks in because that's the one thing we start doing these radio hits throughout the week. Yep. And I do Tuesday radio hits where. You know, people from different markets are like, "So oh, you got to score for the game. It's like, it's Tuesday. But yeah, sure. Here <laughs> it
1: is. <laughs> no, you got you tell them, like, call me on Friday. I got to do my research. I got to look at my stats. I got to check the analytics. I need injury reports. I just, I'm not ready yet. Right,
4: right. Because one big piece of this game, you know, before we get into it is, you know, you mentioned stopping the run and 250 yards. Like there's so many factors that go into that. Number one, this is a completely different run defense for the bills. Now this is a completely different run offense. I think they've lost a lot of their mojo since Clyde Edwards, Hilaire went out. And really, even from that game, he started to kind of, you know, trend downwards before the injury, maybe hitting that rookie wall, whatever the case may be. But this team has not run the ball nearly as effectively as they did early in the season.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's to me, you know, It'll come down to the Bills' offense, but I do think one of the more fascinating angles of this game is what's the defensive game plan? What are Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier going to do? Because even though they lost that game, you can look at it and go, okay, if they their plan was to not let them go over the top and make explosive plays and have the game there for the taking in the fourth quarter. If that were, were the two main components of their plan, both worked. They didn't get explosive plays. Hill had 20 yards. Kelsey had 65. Granted, he had two touchdowns. But they didn't go over the top. They kept everything in front of them. And as crazy bad as a lot of things went, I was looking at the game the other day, going back in my notes, right, guys? Milano doesn't play. Knox doesn't play. Feliciano's not back yet. Uh, Wallace is on IR. John Brown's playing on one leg, has no catches. Uh, You know, Josh has a season-low yardage, passing yards, season-low passing completion. Diggs is limited to 40 something yards. And despite all of that, it's a six point game with six and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. As bad as all that, everything put together. And they are within striking distance. And maybe, maybe a fumble recovery from Clyde Edwards helaire at the Kansas City 30 yard line from going into a go ahead score. So it's a long way of getting to. Um, I would think their plan is going to be similar. To Matt, to your point, the Bills' run defense is better. Um, We saw what it did against Jonathan Taylor, and we saw what it did against Baltimore, keeping them way below their season average. I would think they'll stick to that plan. First and foremost, they still don't want Mahomes in the passing game beating you over the top. The Bills do that every week. You guys know that's that's their main philosophy anyway. They don't give up big pass plays. And I think they'll be better in terms of run defense. And I also believe the Bills' offense has evolved to a point. It is much better than it was in week six as well, and I'd find it hard to believe they're going to hold Josh Allen to 120 yards again.
5: Yeah, I think that's a good assumption, and for me, it comes down to the linebacker play. You mentioned it. Matt Milano was not in this game, and I know the Bill's being 12-0 with Matt Milano on the field. It's not like he's some kind of magical force for this team, but his play does make such a big difference, and Tremaine Edmonds in that game was still dealing with a shoulder injury. His struggling, uh, He was struggling with tackling. You don't have Milano out there. The defensive line has even come a long way since then. I feel like Harrison Phillips is coming off of one of his best games of the year from last uh, last week against the Ravens. Vernon Butler's flashed in the inside. Ed Oliver, Justin Zimmer, they've all pushed a little bit on that interior where they were really struggling in that Chiefs game. So uh, I am intrigued by that and in terms of what the defense does, but I wouldn't be shocked if their game plan is very similar in terms of let's make sure they don't get any explosive plays and let's just see where our run defense is now compared to where it was in week six.
1: And, and two, you know, I forgot, I'm glad you mentioned Edmonds, right? Milano being out and we know he's an every down linebacker and he can help with Kelsey. Um, and Edmonds was not at hundred percent and he was having a tough night. That was one of those nights where he was stuck in traffic and he wasn't getting off blocks. And, you know, in, in recent weeks, he looks more like the guy we, we know he can be like flying to the ball and, and making plays sideline to sideline. Plus with Milano out, who played AJ Klein, that was the pre AJ Klein. That was the AJ Klein portion of the season where where Bills fans were yelling at the television screen because he's missing tackles, he looks slow, get him off the field. What is, they're killing? What are you doing with it? And then all of a sudden, you know, he plays so much better. You know, so that was that was before he was making much better plays in the defense. So add that to everything else going on, and and I just you know, I who knows? I may be nuts. Maybe I'm getting carried away with all the enthusiasm around here. But I just. I like I like this game. I really think that the Bills are going to win this game on Sunday night, despite Mahomes and everything else, and uh, and and all the challenges that Kansas City's offense presents.
4: Here's an interesting angle that we could discuss for a minute that kind of popped for me today. As uh, Sean McDermott was doing his press conference and talking about, you know, he always gets asked about that Andy Reid yeah. coaching staff when you know ever he's playing Andy Reid or any other coach that's that was that came from that s- staff. And you know Steve Spagnola, you know, spent time in Philadelphia. Sean McDermott is very familiar with him. His philosophies—they're very, they're very similar in a lot of ways. And, and Sean kind of alluded to that. And you go back to that first game, and, you, and we talked about all the factors that were going in that—the injuries, you know, the John Brown being hurt, and and I think what was happening there was two things. Number one, they were trying; they were still reeling from the frustrations of the Tennessee week. I think that that was all over their faces for those two weeks. Josh was still dealing with the shoulder. And I just think that if you want to talk about the, the big matchup, Brian Dable versus Steve Spagnola in that game, you know, Dable lost round one. And so from my perspective, familiarity that Sean has with that defense and that and that defensive play caller, I wouldn't be surprised if for the first few days of preparation here, maybe all of Sunday, Brian and Sean were in a room together, going over that first game, and I almost give the advantage in a lot of ways to Brian Dable in this next one because he has his full—he should have his full assortment of weapons. We'll see what happens with Gabriel Davis as the week progresses. He didn't practice today, um, but that's a match which to watch. That to me, that to me, what it could be what decides the game—is how effectively Brian Dable not only calls the game but sets guys up to make plays in this game.
1: Yeah, I thought, you know, um, I, I mean Josh missed some plays that night. You know, there were some throws there that he has been able to make, should have made. You look at again, you look at their numbers and their twenty-two minutes of time of possession. Well, part of it was they couldn't get Kansas City off the field on third down because they were having struggles on first and second down. But also part of it was the Bills' offense wasn't staying on the field. They weren't making plays, they weren't completing passes, they weren't extending possessions, and Josh struggled. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the um we, it was uh, it was Brian Baldinger the other day on his Twitter. He was breaking down some of the plays from that game, and he was pointing out the Chiefs blitzed a lot, but they weren't blitzing to sack. They were blitzing to contain. And I think that and the coverage they were showing and some of the things they were mixing up and disguising, I think it really kind of threw Josh for a little bit of a loop. A couple other the things were in play, too. You know, they were in that, that middle portion of the season, the Tennessee game, then Kansas City, then what, the – the Jets in New England or New England and the Jets, they were in that like one month funk where the offense really, it had started out really well the first four games and then it hit this little lull. And then of course they, you know, they lose to Arizona come out of the bye week and they're explosive. So they were going through some issues back then. I, I think the offensive line too, let's not forget. The first half of the season was multiple line combinations because of Feliciano's injury and Ford going down and, Whatever happened with Mitch Morse being a healthy not to, not play decision, they finally latched on to a good starting five. These guys have been together for the last seven games. Their pass protection has been better, um, so I think also you, you factor that in too. Look, I, I think Brian Winter struggled against Chris Jones in that game. You have John Feliciano out there now, so I, I think you're in better shape to handle whatever Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense might throw at you, and, and, and because I think your line amongst everything else has come together, and as you said, Matt, look, if, if Diggs, Brown, and Beasley are all healthy, and Beasley was not on the injury report, right, so that's a good thing. If those top three are all healthy, it's really tough for Kansas City to shut everybody down, I would think.
5: So, like you said, you have them winning this game, so who do they take out in the Super Bowl, then, in your opinion? Is it oh, going God, to be Green Bay or Tampa?
1: Cry out loud, please. <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys in the, this is, the Bills have to win, because we know there's two weeks, right? So, you got to figure out how do you handle the first week. You don't really want to start talking about the game for two weeks. So the first week will be all about whether if Tampa wins, whether or not it's a good idea to face Brady again. I want no part of that. I know there are a lot of people, maybe you guys are in that school of thought that exercise the demons if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you know, beat Brady and all that stuff, which is a noble idea and it's a wonderful thought. And I would love if if someone guarantee, if you guarantee me, that they will beat Tampa in the Super Bowl. I will sign up to face Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know that anybody can guarantee that. So the last thing I want is the Bills get into that game, which I've seen them four times do that and lose four times, to do it a fifth time to Brady. I want no part of that. So I'm rooting for Green Bay. I hope the Packers win. And I would love love anything to see the Bills and the Packers because I don't want to face Brady again. Fair enough. Man, maybe that makes me a coward, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I saw, what did he, how many times did he beat the Bills, guys? 32. 32, yeah. Whatever yeah. the final number was in New England, don't need to see 33.
4: Yeah. I, I'm back, I go back and forth on that because on the one hand, the devastation that would, be left for an off season on the heels of a Tom Brady led Super Bowl win in Tampa over the bills, that would be absolutely crushing. So I can, I can see the, the idea of, okay, let's avoid that at all costs. And we'll, we'll, we'll just go from there. I could totally see that. And I understand that, but you know, I think this is a different era. I think this is a different team. I think that they're battle tested. I think when Tampa Bay hasn't been good and here's another piece of this, they've beaten the bills. You know, Ta- Tom Brady's beaten the Bills the last couple of years in, in in New England, but Sean McDermott has, has
1: game plan pretty well yeah, against him. He hasn't looked like, yeah. too good right. when they played. But remember this too. And I, I do think that's a great point. Um, even though they were losing all those games to Brady, to, if you look at the overall picture of Brady against the Bills, McDermott's defenses performed admirably compared to some of the others. Rex comes to mind, Um but, but, but remember this too, guys. I think part of the whole thing of beating Brady for sure is you want to beat him, and I get it. Look, I don't want to see him win a Super Bowl against anybody ever again after everything we watched in New England, let alone the Bills. But I, I think this is the thing too. This is not the Tom Brady from 2019 that we saw in his final year in New England. You guys saw those games. You covered – he didn't look good. We were seriously not – cross your fingers hope. We were seriously talking about, I think Brady hit the wall. Like, guys, I think he's done. So, he, but we, what do we realize now? It's a crappy team he was on. It was a lousy offense. They had no weapons at tight end, they had one weapon legitimate at wide receiver. That offense was terrible. So, he goes to Tampa and now he's good again, right? <laughs> 43 years old, 4,000 yards, whoever many touchdowns. The, the other thing about this, if again, if they make it to that, and I know Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay was the highest scoring offense. I think top Tampa Bay is the better overall team than Green Bay. Tampa Bay's got a good defense. You know, they've got a good front seven. They've got a strong secondary. And look at his depth of weapons. You know, I think if you're playing Green Bay, what's your number one focus, guys, if you're Leslie Frazier? It's Adams, right? Don't let, it, don't let Adams have a huge day against you. Who are you stopping in Tampa. You're going after Evans, you're going after Godwin, you're going after Brown, you're going after Brady, you're going after Gronkowski, you're going after Ronald Jones. There, he, he's got a lot of weapons with him. If you think you're meeting the Brady in the Super Bowl from 2019, you go, he was bad last year. We are going to kick his butt. You didn't see Tampa Bay then this season because he looks a lot better this year. And that kind of scares me too. That's a tough matchup. Well, there, there's your parting
4: shot for Bill's Mafia. They're all f- scared now to play Tom Brady. In oh, no, no. Look, in the I, Super Bowl. I, I'm, I'm still
1: going <laughs> to win the game. I mean, I look. I, I would think I would, I would have. Honestly, that's it's less about the matchup, fellas, and and me. I just if they're if they're not winning the game, that's the last guy in the universe I want to see beat them in the Super Bowl. I just have, I cannot take that anymore.
4: Mr. Howard Simon, you fi- you can find him every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on WGR 550, gettheradio.com app. That's how I listen most of the time uh, on Rewind because I don't get up that early usually.
1: Sorry. Um, and, hey, thank you for staying up late with us tonight, Howard. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say it's a little bit. That's all right. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm treating myself. I'll stay up past 730. And thank you, guys. We, we've had you guys on our show. Always appreciate it. You know, people, I don't know if they realize it, we don't pay our guests. They're... Kind enough to come out and do it for free. So I appreciate you guys coming on with us. You're always both very accessible. All right, brother. Take care. Thanks All again. Guys. Enjoy the game. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Ready for football? Tops is with ready-to-serve fan favorites. Everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops.
2: Look at this guy. Nah. We're, we're in. I didn't ready? know I didn't know I just jump right in. I thought someone would like cue me here. I'm picking my teeth. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I was enjoying the conversation. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you? This is very exciting. Can I just tell you there's a lot going on in my life right now. I'm probably most excited about this conversation just because I could be a fan and talk about my beloved Bills. I I get to do all these interviews. Like I was on Keyshawn's show this morning. They asked me a question about Connor. I just hijack everything and talk about Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. This is all I want to talk about. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
4: Well, thank you for taking some time. I know it's a busy week, uh, an exciting week. And it's funny. I'm kind of glad that the bills are in the um, AFC championship game because it makes the sting of not being at a Conor McGregor fight uh, a little bit easier to deal with. Uh, I The first time I had the anxiety about it was uh, the Khabib situation. And, you know, if you're watching and you don't know, I used to work at the UFC before I came back uh, for this glorious job to cover your bills. And there was real anxiety there because like, you know, Ariel, there's nothing like a Conor fight week.
2: This is the first one that I'm missing. By the way, I'm Ariel Hawani. Hello, everyone. A lot of your uh, viewers. Oh, I didn't even give you an introduction. You don't need one. Okay, fair enough. I was like, They're probably like, who the hell is this guy? Um, first fight that I missed since 2013, since his uh, debut against Marcus Brimage. And I was bummed as well that I wasn't going. <clears throat> ESPN is uh, being, you know, obviously very careful due to the virus. And uh, a lot of people aren't going who usually go, including myself. But I'll have to be honest with you guys, as bummed as I am, there was a moment, I think it kind of hit me yesterday, where I was like, wait a second, because I was talking to DC, my my co-host, Daniel Cormier, who's there, he has to fly home on Sunday, and then he gets into Vegas early, early Monday morning, and I was like, wait a second, you guys are actually going to be in the air during the AFC Championship, so had I gone to Abu Mm. Dhabi, this is great. This is great. I, I actually would have missed it. And I would have been so turn up torn up about that. Uh, that that uh, that I'd be missing the the first Bills AFC Championship game since nineteen ninety-four. So I gotta be honest, I'm kinda I feel like it kind of turned out well for me. I I'm I get to cover it from home. I get to watch the Bills win on Sunday. All's good in my house.
5: Awesome. So outcome notwithstanding. What what are those twenty four hours going to be like for you from Saturday night off huh. until Sunday night around midnight?
2: Oh, man, I, I am so nervous. Like, you know, Pat McAfee and other people are are, are enjoying calling me a, a bandwagon fan. Can I just, for the audience, can I just explain my fandom, my, my Bills fandom? I started um, becoming a Bills fan in 1990. I'll never forget. I'm seven years old and I'm at my uncle's house and they're watching the Giants-Bills Super Bowl. And I remember watching that team play. And, you know, you're seven, you don't really know totally what's going on. And I remember it like it was yesterday, watching Scott Norwood miss the field goal. And I remember feeling so bad for that team and feeling like they deserve to win. And for some reason, them getting their heart broken made me fall in love with them. I remember the following year, the night they lost to the Redskins, walking up to my parents' bathroom. At this point, I'm eight and crying and looking at myself in the mirror and saying like, why do you care like not really understanding why this hurt me so much but knowing that it like hurt me right then the next two years the cowboys my brothers my two older brothers were huge cowboys fans and they made fun of me incessantly that that we lost to uh the cowboys and i'll I'll never forget don bb hitting the ball out of leon Lett's hand was like the most pride like i i that was my one moment that that night that i got to like shove it in their face um, and then, of course, Thurman, you know, couldn't find the helmet. My guy, Thurman, my favorite Bills player of all time. Um, so, anyway, the, the Connor fights are insane. This week feels like a Super Bowl um, for us, with, you know, because at, at ESPN, I get the love, but I don't get a love like a Conor fight love, right? Like like they, not everyone always wants to talk to me when there's a random UFC event going on. But when it's Conor, everyone wants to talk to you. So it's very busy. I'm doing a radio show in an hour and a half on ESPN radio. Then I'm doing another show at 1130 tonight. So this is one of many things that I have going on just tonight. Um, but I can't wait for – I usually go to bed on, on a pay-per-view fight night at around 4 a.m. I can't wait for the fight. I can't wait for the wrap-up. I can't wait to go to bed, and then I can't wait to wake up, and we're going to be one of the four remaining teams, and we're going to be in the spotlight of that last game before the Super Bowl. I'm going to be a nervous wreck. I'm a father of two now, and my sons, excuse me, of three, two boys, and my two sons are super into it now with me, and it's just a joy as a 38-year-old to go through all this. So while I'm nervous, I'm also looking forward to it because it's been a very long time since we were playing this late into January. I was I was watching the McAfee
4: uh hit and he was giving you quite a hard time about uh, not being a Bills fan.
2: And where does that come from? Cuz it feels like a lot of people do that. <laughs> uh giving me crap? Yeah, giving you a hard time. Well, you know, it's uh I, I maybe I'm a, an easy target and people, you know, I I I could, I could take it and I could give it out as well. Uh I think he's just, you know, I think it's cool to say, "Oh, so and so is a bandwagon fan when a team is doing well." But let's be honest, I mean, the greatest oxymoron of all time is, you know, Bill's uh, bandwagon, right? Like, who, who you know, who, who is, who, who's a Bill's bandwagon fan over the last 20 years? It was never cool to be a Bill's fan. The, our claim to fame was that we had fans who like to jump through tables and, and do kinds, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So uh, they can say whatever they want. I have friends back home. I have a very good friend named Phil Dirksen. Uh, he and I were were uh, in the seventh grade, our first day in the seventh grade, first day of high school in Canada, in Montreal, high school starts in uh, seventh grade. There's no middle school. And our teacher told us to bring a few magazines of things that we love. And I brought a stack of Bill's magazines. He was sitting in front of me, looked behind me. He didn't bring any magazines for whatever reason. He's like, are you a Bill's fan too? And I said, yeah, because in Montreal in the early 90s, the Bills were our hometown team, like the NBC game, because you remember NBC had the AFC rights back then. We would always get the Bills game, and we bonded over that. And, uh, you know, so my, 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 my people back home know how big of a Bills fan I was. I don't have to prove anything to jabronis like Pat McAfee and all these other losers. Um, and let's not even talk about the fact that you guys had a Patriots fan on your show a couple weeks ago. I mean, <laughs> holy smokes. Here's Matt you know, sucking up to the boss. I mean, really, Matt, you're going to have a Patriots fan. I could show you the text that this man sent me over the last few years when the Patriots were beating our ass. And you're going to put him on a, on a playoff show. Come on, Matt. Well, you, you listen, righted the wrong by getting me on here. But uh, listen, yeah, some was, things are weird. some things
4: are bigger than sports. And uh, he was uh, I became pretty good friends with Dana when I was there and I get a kick out of him. Um, and he said, go Bills. That was, that was that was kind good. of like what we were kind of gonna get to in the show because I told the story a little bit on the show. We we had a gym at the at the old facility, and I you, you'd probably you'd been you'd have been down there, right? Yeah, uh, at the old building. Yeah, and you know, so I would work out every morning. I try to get there as much as possible, and usually Daniel would come down around the time I was leaving. And every time during football season, it would be like, "Hey, how about those Bills? How about Tom Brady? How about the Patriots?" So I was like. I told him when I left, I'm like, if they, if they, if and when they become good, you're going to come on the show and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And he's, and he agreed to it and he did it. So respect to him for doing that. We won't get into some of the, there's other talking points that we could probably get into about that, hey, man. Things. Maybe we'll say that for another show.
2: I'm here to talk about Stephon Diggs and Devin Singletary's big game on Sunday. I'm here to talk about that defense that everyone said was going to get run over by the Baltimore Ravens. I'm here to talk about why Josh Allen should be the MVP and why Sean McDermott should be the coach of the year. And I can't believe Brian Dayball is as happy as I am that he's sticking around. I can't believe that no one's hiring this man or Leslie Frazier. Let's talk about good things, not 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 loser Patriots fans who have nothing to cheer for right now. I mean, there's nothing going on in new England. It's fantastic. So uh, yes, I'm here to talk about the good times and that is being a bills fan.
4: I'm here for all the tears of uh, the new England tears. Oh, yeah. One thing, even in my position now where I can't really like, you know, like you yeah. can't be rooting for fighters and it's hard when you're like, you're covering it, but um, I still do kind of hold that new England contempt in my heart. But speaking of tears, Somebody who was shedding some tears this past weekend was Mr. Daniel Cormier. <laughs> and when the New Orleans Saints lost. And obviously you guys do a great job. If you guys don't watch DC and Hawani, if you're an MMA fan at all, you, you're missing out. You got to. DC's my guy. DC's going back going back uh, to uh he fought in Buffalo. We, we connected a little bit on the uh, Tickets on Sale tour. And I, little story, I put him on the map. I put him on the football map, if you will. I know and that. I'm gonna let you watch this uh, little clip here. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh,
2: I've seen um, it. Oh, you've seen it. Okay, he still talks about it till this day. Okay, here we go. Uh,
4: just in case any of our our, our our viewers haven't seen
2: it. Oh, it's tremendous. By the way, can I can I talk over this? You can talk over it. Go ahead. Yes. I, I was so jealous of him when he got to go on on the field. I mean, like, look at this Daniel Cormier, a Saints fan, getting to be on the practice field. Look at those banners. I love the old logo by the way. I wish they'd go with the old logo. The old logo is something special. But yes, and he he's also kicked the field goal. Did you know? Look at that throw. Yeah. Were the you the one that caught was, it? Yeah, I was the one who caught it. Wow. Caught it. wow. Yeah, look at that. You got, got the chest the bump too. Dang.
4: So, here's the thing about the throw. And I could talk about it from the receiver's angle. It wasn't great. It was a little bit low. I had to I had to ex- I had to extend myself. I'm not going to talk any trash. Anthony Johnson's a good friend of mine as well, but you know, I put a double move on him that just completely left him in the dust. And I was, I was basically wide open. All DC had to do was sail it to me. I had to make a tough grab, but you know, listen, football's not his first sport. I understand. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to DC because to your point, that was a, a very cool moment, getting the chance to, uh, get out there on the practice field, but he's a great, he's a, he's a, he's a fun, uh, fun guy.
2: Oh, he's the man. Uh, it's great working with him. Um, that event, holds a very special place in my heart because it's the only time I've ever been to Buffalo, believe it or not. Uh, I've never been to a game at Ralph Wilson, New Era, Bill Stadium. Um, It's one of my, I've started to, you know, I I think all of us are like this now. We all are thinking of things that we want to do when the pandemic is over, things that we maybe took for granted. I got to tell you, at the very top is taking my boys to a game there. I've been to Bills games at the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, you know, nearby where I live in New York. Uh, I've been to Jets and Giants against the Bills, but never a home game. And so I got to go once. Uh, I went to the Bills store. Uh, I, I had the wings. I did the whole you know, shebang, um, but I've never been to an actual game. So I, I can't wait to do that. Yeah, that'll be a great
5: experience. Now, you just said it yourself. You want to talk about the good memories and the good times this year's team. But I want to go back a little bit. Because you were talking about, you know, after the Washington game, being upset in the other Super Bowls. But what were some of your favorite childhood memories of the Bills?
2: Oh, man. Okay, so I'll just tell you, like, the first one that came to mind when you just asked me that was obviously the comeback against the Oilers. Frank Reich, I know exactly where I was. I was at my friend Ryan Perlman's house, uh, 1993. And I remember watching the first half and feeling like, all right, the run is coming to an end and then going crazy. Um, so that was just unbelievable. and And, you know, Frank coaching against the team. I, I felt in my heart that he would do a couple of moves. He would make a couple of calls <laughs> to help the bills. And uh, lo and behold, I feel like he made a couple of calls to help the bills a couple of weeks ago, that fourth down call in particular, you know, once a bill, always a bill. If you ask me, um, AFC championship, uh, against uh, the last one against the chiefs was special. And I hope that we can recreate that. Um, that was against Joe Montana playoffs against the Raiders when they beat them down. What was it like 51 to three or something yeah. like that? Um, that was an incredible one. Playoffs against the Dolphins. Anytime we beat the Dolphins, especially in December, January, was tremendous. It was always very weird for me that Thurman Thomas played for the Dolphins towards the end. We don't really talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, that was incredible. And uh, you know, you know, you know it was one of my happiest memories, but it was very short lived. The first half against the Cowboys in the final Super Bowl, we were up, right? 13 mm-hmm. 6, um, I believe. Yeah, 13 6. And uh, you know, I, for some weird reason, I rewatched the um, Four Falls of Buffalo, thirty for thirty, recently, just because you know I'm, I'm nostalgic now, and I'm trying to. I, you know, this is just so much fun, and uh, it, it, it hit me like, man, they really didn't be- like they were they were up, and they didn't believe, and uh, that hurts. And of course, you know, Thurman can find the uh, the helmet, but this, you know, it's it's a crazy time for me because I'm very I'm I'm a, I'm a nostalgic person. I miss home. I haven't been able to go. I haven't seen my parents in a year because of the pandemic. They live in Montreal. I haven't been home to Montreal in a year and a half. My wife is from Montreal. Like I'm very proud to be Canadian. And uh, it's a a tough time, right? It's January. This pandemic continues to go on and people are dying. It's depressing. And this team has given me so much joy and has given me this escape. And I think a lot of people would agree with this. Um, It sucks not having the fans there. It sucks that we can't celebrate, but uh, I just don't want this to end. And they've been bringing out these feelings of my youth and memories and and Jim Kelly and Cornelius Bennett and Daryl Talley and, and Steve Christie and Marv Levy, who, by the way, former Montreal Alouettes head coach back in the yeah. day, uh, just a lot of emotion. And I just don't want this to end. I I really have so much appreciation and love for this particular team. Last year was great, 2017 was great, but what these guys have given us, the gift that they have given us, um, the escape that they have given us is really something that I'll never forget. So um, I know you asked me about the old days and I ha- I could talk all day about them, but I'm you know, bringing it back to now. It's just, I get like emotional talking about them because I think we forgot, or at least we missed sports in the early days of the pandemic, You know, March to around May, June, um usually when times are tough we at least have a sports game match to watch at the end of the night right to get our mind off things we didn't have that and I think we all appreciate it a lot more and for this team to do so well on the heels of that is is a feeling and an experience that I'll never forget
4: what um what are the um exchanges like with friends and peers and because you know to your point for years, it's like, oh, you're a Bills fan. Uh, they, yeah. that's that, that can't be any good conversations, uh, during the drought and in subsequent years. Uh, what are those exchanges like now that they're good? And you know, most people, I mean, you mentioned Dana, he's he was super impressed with watching Josh Allen. What are those conversations like now?
2: So, my, my old uh, high school friends and elementary friends who know how much this team means to me, it's been really nice to. Uh, have them text me and and call me after games and be like you know we're rooting for you guys you know I have friends who are uh, Washington fans New England fans Miami fans and to 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 reconnect over this team has been great um, a lot of people that I work with know that I'm a Bills fan you know if you even go back speaking of like bandwagon fans if you even go back to the other show that I did for MMA fighting the MMA hour if MMA fans are watching this um, there was always a Bills football, a tiny football on my desk. And we're talking to like, you know, the crappy days, five, six, yeah. seven years ago, someone actually uh, somehow found a tweet from 2011, which I think was coming off one of their worst years ever, um, where Matt Matreon, former UFC heavyweight, current beltor heavyweight in a tweet asked me who my favorite team was. And I retweeted and I said, bills for life. This is 2011. So get out of here with your bandwagon takes. Uh, <laughs> but probably the most fun that I have being a fan is with that that guy Phil that I mentioned because we've we've stuck through it through all the years and when we met in seventh grade and with a guy that you know Matt Mark Henry the yeah. uh, the the not not sexual chocolate of WWE <laughs> I was to <gonna> say <laughs> yeah no not that Mark Henry but a tremendous uh, MMA coach and even better person a tremendous pizza uh, shop owner as well uh, Pino's Pizzeria in New Jersey uh, Mark and his son Pino and myself have a uh, text thread and uh, we've been keeping it up for the last couple of years. And we we've been through everything together over the last couple of years, talking about every game Mark sends probably 150 uh, texts a day. Most of them coming from guys like you, Uh, your tweets, your news stories, sending it to both of us. And uh, you know, he gets very anxious. His son, who's a huge Josh Allen fan and very knowledgeable about the team. It, it tries to calm him down. I'm the crazy person as well in the group. And it's just, it's fun to have friends who are uh, rooting for the same team. And there aren't that many of us. And this week I'm having a blast because ESPN keeps asking me to do stuff, like I said, about the UFC uh, event on Saturday. And I just keep changing the subject. Like I was on Jim Rome earlier today and he's like, wants to talk to me about Connor. And I'm like, yeah, Connor's great and all. Let's talk about Josh Allen. So you know, <laughs> they're just going to have to deal with it until the Bills go away. And also, shout out to Christine Lisi. Uh, at ESPN, who's a hardcore Bills fan as well, she's been representing Bills Mafia long before I was at uh, ESPN, and so I want to give her some respect as well.
5: Yeah, Christine's actually from Olean, where I'm from right now, so I, uh, I've gotten to know her a little bit too. So, great and well deserved shout out there. A lot of people have Bills fever right now. I just took my kids tonight to this eight foot Josh Allen snow sculpture. So, someone built that. <laughs> I took my kids wanted to go see it, so we wow. drove out and saw that tonight. But let, let's talk about Sunday night. How are you feeling going into this game against the Chiefs?
2: I honestly, I feel good. Um, I, I felt very nervous going into the Ravens game. I'm not going to lie. Um, when I go on these other shows, I pretend like, you know, we got this in the bag, but with you guys, I feel like I could be honest. Uh, I was very, <laughs> I was very nervous going into the Ravens game. It's funny, Matt, I remember talking to you last year before the Ravens game, mm-hmm. and like I was trying to convince myself that we're on the level of the Ravens, but you know, we weren't just yet. <laughs> um, but now I think we are, and here I am saying we, uh, I, I feel like I've, I've earned that. Um, I was nervous that Lamar was going to run all over them. And, and honestly, like the first drive, the first few plays, it felt like it was like 12 yards, 11 yards, 10 yards. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. And then things calmed down. Shout out to Leslie Frazier and the defense for doing that. Um, and doing as well as they did. Taron Johnson, what a legend. I would build a statue for him right now if I could. Um, this time around, I feel good. I feel good. I, feel, I I like the fact that we're going on the road. I like the fact that, as Ric Flair once said, "To be the man, you got to beat the man." Mm. Let's go through the Super Bowl champs. I want Patrick Mahomes. I'm not rooting for him to be out. I want him to be there. I want him to be 100. Um, percent They've been winning games ever so closely at the very end. They squeak them out. We're we're killing teams. I, I think I, I I read it this morning. Uh, we're we're we, we have eight wins um, by double digits. They have zero. Um, at least over the last few weeks. So, I mean, we couldn't be entering this game um, with more confidence at a better time. Let's go on the road. Let's shut everyone up. And what I love so much about this, it's all coming full circle. Last Super Bowl, we won at Arrowhead. Let's go back to Arrowhead. First time Scott Norwood misses the field goal. Where was it? It was in Tampa. 30 years later, let's go back to Tampa. Let's write all those wrongs. Let's change the narrative. The narrative has already been changed as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, if I'm being honest, I wish we'd see less of the table stuff and the flaming table. Like we're past that. We're a class organization. We're, we're, we're a place that people want to play. We're, 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 we're led by leaders that people want to play for. We've got MVP candidates all over the ball, you know, from Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs to our defense, which I think is underrated and doesn't get enough respect. You know, I, this the ain't your, your grandfather's bills anymore, right? These are the 2020, 2021 bills. And, and I feel like something special is unfolding in front of our eyes. So I feel very confident.
4: It's funny you mentioned the the, the the table smashing because I feel like a lot of people are turned off by that. And when they, you know, I was talking to somebody, I think it was on a radio hit that I did this morning. We were talking about um, Bill's Mafia and the, the donations across all these different charities and the way that they you know, kind of band together and and, and deal with issues and show oh, their great. love and show their support. It's great. Um and then there's that the 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 kind of image of what you see on, on all these videos that you mentioned. And I I've never sat there and and maybe you know it's on me as a journalist not to have done this, but I, I feel like even as somebody that grew up in the culture, I don't know where that really came from, like the 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 table smashing, but what I can think about it and you know, kind of just kind of go through it in my head. There's so much passion and excitement before a Bills game out in the tailgates. Like if you've never been to Rich, Rich Stadium or New Era Field or now Bill Stadium, they're coming up with a name now. Uh, I think that might be announced soon. Actually, there was a report a couple of weeks ago. the The energy level before a game, even in the parking lots, is something that I can't even describe. It's, it's that's to your point. It's how much this team means to the community, to the city everything like that and i think that over the years it just got to the point where it's like i don't know what to do with all this energy let's just fly off my car and go to this table i
2: i get it look i'm not trying to put them down i just feel like we need to evolve a little bit and you know man shout out to to the whole fan base for what they did for andy dalton and and very recently for lamar jackson i mean it's just incredible um how they and i'm I'm not trying to say that we're the butt of the joke anymore, because let's be honest, I do think for you know a couple of years there when the team was irrelevant, we were kind of the butt of the joke, but now the juxtaposition of the crazy antics and the charitable efforts and just how much fun I feel like everyone secretly wants to be a bills fan now because you know we've we've represented ourselves so well, and I think everyone kind of feels like we've earned this and and it's about time the bills are are great again. I just you know I want us to get our respect as not just you know the crazy fan base or the crazy kooky team that has the crazy fans. Like this is a class organization and they're doing things the right way. I do have one bone to pick. For whatever reason, And I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm very active on social media. I feel like the Bill's social media team just kind of ignores my existence. Like I see them, you know, favoring other people. They never, you know, they never like my tweets. They never show me any love and I don't need that kind of affirmation, but like, what's the deal, Bill's social media? I mean, come on guys. I, here I am. I'm freaking flying the flag all over the place. I'm changing the narrative every chance I get to talk Bill's football. And I feel like, you know, a little bone here or there would be nice. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, (laughs) I I mean, I, I mean, Wolfblitzer is getting maybe love. Maybe I'll put a word in for you. I can't. I can't guarantee it. Wolf uh, Blitzer's getting love, Summer Sanders is getting love. What do I have to do to get some love? You, you, should, could, do we need to do like a smack off, like a trivia challenge to find out who's the bigger fan? I mean, for God's sakes, can I just get a like? That's all I want, a retweet maybe, something. some sort. I mean, they're talking about Nick Wright. Are you kidding me? You guys are wasting time on Nick Wright. What are you guys doing? Like, why are you even, do you realize the guy's just playing a character? He's a gimmick, he's a pro wrestler, he's a troll. Why are we making videos about guys like that when you have like fans, you know, I, I don't get it. That one I thought was a little weird. Like, why are you giving him the clout? Um, the dude from NFL Network whose name escapes me right now, who's doing great, Kyle Brandt, give yeah. him love. He's flying the flag. Sure, do your thing. But like the Nick Wright, Jabroni, Colin cowherds of the world, get out of here with that stuff. You're not going to prey on us. We don't need you guys. We don't need yeah. your confirmation, your affirmation. We we got enough love from Bills Mafia. So come on, social team. We're better than that. You know
5: what? I think we can make a little clip, Matt. We can share it. We can tag the Bills, the bills in that, and we'll make sure that they know the for sure. There you the go. Shirt. So you are wrapping the Thurman Thomas jersey. What made him your favorite player? Because when I was growing up, Daryl Talley was my guy because cool. of the Spider-Man sleeves. I was enthralled with that, watching him fly around the field, especially when I was about uh I was about six years old when that Super Bowl era began. And you see a guy with the Spider Man sleeves, and it's just like something that catches your attention. So what made Thurman your guy?
2: Okay, so I'll say that um He was my main guy. My defense guy was obviously uh, Bruce Smith. Uh, Everyone loved Bruce Smith, number 78. Um, Why did I like Thurman so much? I thought he was very cool. I just, I I like the hair. I liked, I just like, you know, the shaved head, all that stuff. I thought he was cool. I liked 34, also one of my favorite basketball players, Charles Oakley. He was 34, one of my favorite, I'm a huge Knicks fan. One of my favorite basketball players, John Starks, also from Oklahoma State. So I, I felt like there was a connection, like he had a bit of Knicks in him. He had those, you know, those connections. And I always tend to like running backs. You know, um, I thought Barry Sanders was a cool guy, also from Oklahoma State. Like running backs to me were just kind of like the coolest guy on the field. Not so much the quarterback necessarily was uh, the running back. And, um, you know, I never, I, I love Jim Kelly. Don't get me wrong. I love Jim Kelly. But I did know that initially, you know, he didn't want to come to Buffalo. So like as a young kid, I was like, this guy will not really want to be here. Of course he he sold us. There was just something about Thurman that I loved. Um, And, and you know who I also loved? I loved Kenneth Davis too. I loved his backup. He was big for us, uh, especially in that Raiders game. If my memory serves me correct, he was big in that Raiders game. Um, So yeah, for some reason, and I was always very defensive. My brothers were big Emmett Smith fans. I always thought that Thurman Thomas was better and deserved more love. And so, uh, yeah, that was just my guy. But if I'm being honest, like all of them, from like I said, Cornelius Bennett to to um, Don Beebe and James Lofton and um, Steve Christie, you know, who who, who came after uh, Scott Norwood, and I thought it was so cool that Marv Levy was a former Montreal Alouette coach, like that to me. And he was Jewish. I'm Jewish. Like it just there was just a lot there to like about this team.
4: What would um what would how would it rank in terms of your one of your teams winning a title. Like obviously everybody knows that you're a huge Knicks fan too. Yeah. Is it like where is where are they at in the kind of hierarchy or the power rankings?
2: Okay, that's a great question. So when I grew up, I had three favorite teams that I was a diehard fan of. The Bills, the Knicks, and the Montreal Expos. Mm. unfortunately the montreal expos are no longer with us they're now in washington so that doesn't mean anything later in life i've adopted the toronto blue jays um, uh, more so because i wanted to have a, a team to root for as a dad so i can root for a team with my kids and i didn't want to root for the yankees um <laughs> but to me it's like bills Knicks. they were 1a 1b and in fact like the first team the first sports team that I fell in love with was the Bills. Shortly thereafter, I started watching, you know, Knicks basketball in 1991 when they played the Bulls in the playoffs uh, for the first time. And so, because of the pain of those four Super Bowls, because of you know the 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 Cowboys Super Bowls in particular were horrible, because my brothers, like, could you imagine, number three and number four are against the team that your two older brothers are fans of and have their jerseys and are making me feel like a horrible human being. um, It would just be, it would just really be so special. And so, I mean, it's, it's down to the Knicks and and the bills. And we all know the Knicks are nowhere near an NBA title. Um, I don't, you know, maybe in my lifetime, maybe in 10 years. And I probably would have said the same, you know, a few years ago about the bills. I feel like I'm so close. I don't want this feeling to go away. I don't like all we have to do is win two more games and we're champion. And let me tell you guys something. I just want one. That's it. I will never complain. Like, I asked my friends this, especially now. I have a friend who's a Warriors fan, diehard from the Bay Area. And I was like, one was enough, right? And he's like, to be honest, you know, like the next season, I wanted the next one. I was like, just give me one. I will never complain. I just want to know what it feels like to be a champion because none of my teams have ever won a championship in my lifetime. I just want to know what it feels like at the end of the season to be that team hoisting the trophy.
4: Yeah, the ultimate irony for me will be, I was in that same position for decades and grew up here and my grandfather and my father. And I always think about that. Like, what's it going to be like if they actually do like, so I tell, I talk to, you know, my, my father, my uncle, you know, aunts, uh, siblings, cousins. And it's like, it's like a trade off, right? Like I won't experience it the same way that I would have as a fan, but I'll be there and I'll get to chronicle it for people. And so there's like a, a special, Deal there, it's almost like kind of like a you know a trade off, like I said. But uh, we could talk about Are you this. Going to go
2: by the way, will you go if they go to the Super yeah. Bowl?
4: So nice. we're going, we're going to Kansas City this week. Oh, um, I'm I'm going uh, to, to to for that, and then uh, the plan is if they go to the Super Bowl to go. Um it, It's tough though, like you know, Ryan and I have been talking about this all week. In a normal year, we'd both be going to everything, but there is like, I mean, there's no guarantee about for a Super Bowl like press box room. They have to kind of social distance in there. Are you going to go to Tampa Bay with no access to players and then have to sit in a tent outside the stadium? Like what – you know what I mean? you got to kind of like yeah. – got to kind of judge it. And so we're still kind of playing all those games. But we'll have one presence there um, at at both games if they do make the Super Bowl. Um, But there's also a big thing. I know you want to talk all bills. Let's talk a little, Connor, before you go. You sat down with him for 37 minutes, um, maybe longer, the 37-minute interview – aired uh, on the ESPN MMA uh, page where I, I watched it. Excellent, as always. I always look forward to yours. I tell people the story all the time because I have this picture of Connor from when he was fighting. I think it was before the Floyd fight. And he did the car wash in the in the gym there. And, you know, I got to talk to him at the end, and it was a really cool experience for me. But I said I was sitting off to the side. I don't think I've ever told you this. I was sitting off to the side waiting for him to get through his car wash, and I was watching you interview him on on the the, the boxing ring, Mm. And I couldn't hear because of where we were sitting. And so I was kind of sitting there getting ready for my own interview thinking, man, I really wish I was over there listening to this. I want to watch this interview as soon as it's done. It was in my mind when I was interviewing him myself. And I, so I, I always tell people if you want to see the premier interview, definitely go see Ariel and, and Connor before it's kind of like a, it kind of gets your fight week going for me. So oh,
2: thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. He's been very loyal to me. Um, the first time I ever interviewed him was prior to his debut in the UFC, uh, back in 2013, in February of 2013, and a lot of fans will say that that's one of their favorite interviews because he talked about not having a car, as he said, not having a pot to piss in. Uh, he was eating blueberries. He was on welfare, and now to see where he's come is incredible. Um, and I've talked to him obviously a lot over the years, and you know it's funny you mentioned that. That was one of the the for me like one of the more memorable ones because it was at his media day. At the UFC PI, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it was part of the the Floyd fight. I flew out just for the media day. And uh, as you know, Matt, we won't go into it, but let's just say UFC not very kind to me uh, over the years, and they certainly don't go out of their way to help me still to this day. And they they said, you know, I, I was like, you know, can I get an interview with Connor? We flew out here, the relationship, all that stuff. And they said no. They said he's talking to ESPN, who I was not working for at the time talking to Showtime, talking to UFC.com, and uh, that was it, uh, those three. And so I was like, all right, I was bummed, but I'm like, you know, I, I'm not one to take no for an answer, so I just kind of hung around and, uh, you know, talked to his team a little bit, and I, I'll never forget Connor saying, I'm not leaving here until I talk to Ariel, and he gave me like 25, 30 minutes, and, you know, obviously that meant a lot to me because they were trying to cut me out. Um, he's a loyal guy, and and I think he he hasn't forgotten about those early days when I was interviewing him. So he's in a great spot mentally. I've never seen him so relaxed. It's always a big deal when he fights. There's a massive buzz, hype. Uh, I'll miss you know being there uh, certainly, but uh, I'm very curious to see what this iteration of Connor looks like. 155 getting to fight Poirier again, and I'm also equally curious to see what Poirier looks like. You know that that fight ate him up inside, losing to Connor as quickly as he did. So. Uh, I hope everyone checks it out. I, I see no scenario where this fight disappoints. It's, it's. I mean, like both these guys are allergic to boring fights. Connor's never been in a boring fight. Poirier's never been in a boring fight. It could end quickly and you might be disappointed by that. But something I feel like spectacular is going to happen. Um,
4: there's a fan question in here. It, it's a fun one. It's quick. And then we'll get you out of here. Um, no if two, if two Bills players, two current Bills players were to square off in the
2: octagon, who would they be? Well, the first one that comes to mind is Jonathan Feliciano. Uh, oh, wow. That's my guy. Uh, I love Jonathan. He's uh, he's a big MMA fan, and uh, I was I was really happy to see him come back to form. I know he started the year injured, uh, and you know he he played some uh, some significant time at center, which I know isn't his uh, you know his his natural position. Uh, I think it was the Patriots game. Was it the Patriots game where he took down Lee Smith? And he passed mm, guard when he yes. scored the touchdown. Yeah, yes, it was great. And he actually sent me the like, a, like a a, a GIF or a gif, whatever you call it, afterwards. And he's like, "What do you think of my move?" Because he actually took him down with a double leg and quickly moved to side control. It was actually very yeah. impressive. So I was like, "Man, I'm messing around. He knows his, he knows his moves." Yeah. So the first one is Jonathan Feliciano, without a doubt. And then you gotta have to. I mean, I, I'll just say the next guy who came to mind was Dion Dawkins. I don't know if Deion Dawkins is, but I just feel like you got to get a heavyweight, right? If you're putting Feliciano in there, like you can't put him up against, you know, Stefan Diggs. That wouldn't be fair. Um, Dawkins. I've never met Dawkins. Uh, I've only met Feliciano who's on the team. Dawkins seems like the nicest human being on the planet. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. So I don't know if he has that fire in him to beat up another man like that, but, uh, the one that came to mind was uh, Dawkins and, and Feliciana. You know these guys better than I do. Am I missing someone? You know, like a Micah Hyde versus Jordan Poyer feels like, you know, I know they're buddies, but it feels like that would be a nice fight as well. Uh, who am I missing?
4: There would be, there'd be some real energy there. For me, it would probably be Jerry Hughes versus somebody Hughes. because he's got a mean streak in him and a temper, and I yeah. think you need a little bit of crazy to take yeah. into the octagon with you. I think, you know, I don't know if, the, if him versus Feliciana would be an interesting matchup, um, but Feliciano is, you know, he, he's got some buddies in American top team. They're yeah. always telling him they want him to come start training out there. And he's planning six years down the road to transition into MMA. And so we will see, I think we might get a chance to see him, uh, in, inside a cage at some
2: point. Okay. So has he, cause he told me that, but I, I, I thought it was off the record. So he's talked about this publicly. Yeah. 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 Okay, he good. said that. Okay. Yeah, 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 I didn't yeah, want, yeah. want to out it by the way. Uh, shout out to Kevin Clark of, uh, of the ringer who showed me a great piece that he did. From when McDermott was hired, I didn't know McDermott has trained as well. Like, I know, I mean, the guy's built. I mean, yeah, like he's huge, the pecs, everything. I know he works out, but he's also done some MMA as well. So, I huge mean, Connor
4: McGregor guy. He loves, he loves. So, oh, oh, really? it's funny. I don't, because we're not in the locker room or in the building, like, there's no opportunity to talk to the coaches or the players, like, just off to the side one on one anymore. It's just, it's terrible. But, you know, we're making do in, the, in this thing. And I would love to have gotten his thoughts because I think. When when was the Khabib, Khabib fight? For whatever reason, I couldn't talk to him that week either. And we never really get a chance to talk about MMA. I talked to him when I first got here. Uh, that would be
2: pretty fun. But um, I know you got to run. You've been so awesome with your time. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, guys. No, and honestly, you guys do great work. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I always look forward to it when it comes on the feed. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Bills media core, I think as a group, you guys do a really great job. You guys in particular, I'm big fans of. You know, Matt, I'm a big fan. I, I take in everything, and uh, you know, you guys are really doing a great. You know, the greatest compliment anyone tells me um, as a fan of my work is like you've provided an escape. Right? Like it's like I said, it's a dark time. It's a tough time, and. Just as fun as watching the games and celebrating is consuming your content afterward, because I feel like I could just like bathe in it, right? Listening to the shows, <laughs> watching the shows, reading the articles. So thank you for what you guys do for us, the fans. And I hope that you get to do it for a few more weeks. And then obviously the, uh, the Super Bowl celebration afterwards. I can't wait. And I'm happy that you guys are maybe going to be able to go to that.
4: Well, enjoy it, and uh, we will live vicariously through you on Sunday watching that game. It will be—I'll—I'll yeah. I'll be busy at work. I'll be tweeting away. I'll be getting my stories ready. That's another thing. Watching a football game while having to file a deadline is a completely oh, yeah. different experience. And I tell people all the time: even if I wanted to be a fan, there's no way yeah. to do it in the no. in the setting. So get out of here. Go do all your stuff, my friend. Thanks. Good you so luck, much. guys.
2: Thank you for having me, Ryan. Great stuff, Matt. Love you guys. Thank you. Anytime you want me, I'll be here. All right, buddy. Take care. take care. Ready
0: for football? With every game a home game, Tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store, or online to win.
4: So I love this chair that I got. And every time we do we go to a commercial break, I you'll, you see me, Ryan, I think, because you can still see me. I, I fly back and it cracks my back every time and it's like, awesome and uh so i always look forward to the commercial just so i could crack my back because it's got this bet my wife bought it for me always let your wife buy you the things that you need like don't you pick it out like okay so a little sidetrack here and we got some time we're gonna have jason tardic on uh shortly i could go off to a little tangent here absolutely here's the one thing i'll never let my wife buy and she's watching so this is i'm playing a dangerous game televisions like that's not her forte like for whatever reason like You know, we we've done it before where she picked one out. It just didn't go well. I can't really say it didn't go well. I do like the TV that she picked out, but I would have picked out a different one. And somewhere deep down, I just think that mine would have been better. (laughs) That may not be right, but whatever. I took the lead on our last TV purchase. We're both very happy with it, and I kind of strut. I kind of do my own little Conor McGregor around the house, and you know, you know, kind of enjoy that. But she picked out this chair, and this chair, it's like a bar stool, like. But it, it raises up and down, and it's got this little backing on it. And the backing isn't like a traditional backing. It only goes up halfway up my back. So, like, when I lean back, it's it lines up perfectly so I can kind of crack my back. It's it's amazing.
5: Well, I'm very happy for you and your back right now. I'm glad that you have that during these commercial breaks. But, uh, yeah, I I kind of get where you're coming from. I bought one of those uh, Roku Smart TVs the last time we needed one. I, I've been so happy with that purchase, having all those apps where you can just go right to them, not having to worry about any kind of hookup. So I I can relate to this. I I completely understand where you're coming from.
4: Uh, I saw a comment in here and uh, he says, is the mystery guest next? And uh, I, I, when I originally put this out and I, and I put the copy in for the, for the thing, we were planning a guest in between, but because of having three, three guests, sometimes the the timing doesn't work out right. And I didn't want to cut anybody off or give somebody too short of a segment. So that person is going to come next week. So stay tuned, but we're going to talk some bills here in this in between, get into some nuts and bolts of what's going on at one bills drive. We had a ton of player access today. I mean, we did, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we had six zoom interviews. Uh, We talked to Sean McDermott this morning. So there's a lot to get into. The big story though, is um, the injury report, you know, obviously coming out today, obviously in Kansas city, Patrick Mahomes practice. He was, uh, he practiced in a limited basis. I don't know if you saw the video that Kansas city tweeted out Ryan, but uh they showed kind of like a, a little like a, a running back screenplay, and somebody called it out there of Patrick Mahomes throwing to Clyde edwards hilaire He looks like he might be trending in the right direction, but and I know a lot of people were talking about, yeah, if edwards hilaire comes back, you know that's scary because of what he did last time around. And it's like, yeah, like I get that, and he's probably um, he's definitely a better option than Le'Veon Bell, who I think has just been bad. And I think it also, I don't know about you, but I think that. The the Le'Veon Bell train uh has left the station. I, I I have not been impressed with anything I've seen out of him. I know he had the the kind of crutch to lean on with the, the jets mess that he was in. Uh I I just watch him in in Kansas City and I actually picked him up in my uh Semi final game uh, for fantasy football. And so I needed a big game out of him. We were talking about it. Yeah. I was coming down to two two folks, Austin Hooper, who ended up having a huge game. I <laughs> sat him on the bench because Ryan Talbot told me to start Levy on Bell. And maybe that's why I have this deep a- anger inside <laughs> of me. But uh, no, I'm just kidding around. But I just, I watched a couple of like, you know, just kind of like huge strings of his games. And he just hasn't impressed me at all.
5: No, and you know part of the problem with that is he took a year off. Uh, I don't care what position you play; if you take a year off of action, sitting out, holding out, or just a year off in general, which is something we'll talk about this offseason with all these uh, players that opted out for COVID purposes, you you almost come back and you've almost lost a step just in general. Second, look at how much how much he was utilized early in those Pittsburgh days. There wasn't a lot of tread left on those tires in general. He was he was important in the running game. He was important in the passing game. He was almost overutilized. So I get why he wanted to get paid at that point in his career, I because he was so important to that team. But at that point, I think Pittsburgh knew that he wasn't the same running back anymore. And I think that once the Jets signed him to that massive deal, it didn't take them long to realize, man, this guy is not who we thought we were getting to help uh, Sam Darnold and to help this offense go. And now you're seeing it in Kansas city. And it, it's just one of those things where, especially at the running back position where you can get overutilized so easily, you see it happen and you see it before your eyes, and you're like, yeah, this guy is not uh, who, who we remember watching or who he was back in his prime.
4: Indeed. Um, if you're just joining us right now, uh, thank you. Uh, quick shout out. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, The new Buffalo Bills on NYUP page has been, uh, you know, we've been trying to fill that up with content as as quickly as we can. The podcast is going to work like this. Every Wednesday night we'll have – uh, during the season, uh, usually a, a, a pregame and a postgame episode. Uh, you'll you'll get the full episode here on the channel, and then you'll get clips. We'll, we'll try to clip things out, give you kind of some more di- digestible pieces of content, quick hitters that maybe we can kind of curate to what you specifically want to want to consume. Uh, we'll do that as well. We, we put up a clip on our, our reactions to Brian, Brian Dable this week and the Skip Bayless madness, uh, wanting Baker Mayfield over mm-hmm. Josh Allen. Listen, what Ariel said. They want they want the clicks. They want the views. So you know you know use your best judgment. One other thing that I want to talk about. Uh, so looking at the injury report, Stefan Diggs still dealing with the oblique injury. He was limited today. I don't think it's going to impact him on Sunday, but it's still something to mention. Daryl Johnson was a full participant in practice today. That's huge because uh, that you know that kind of creates some uh, question about what they're going to do with that roster spot. They activated Trent Murphy last week. He played a great game in a big spot, but I think it was an advantageous um, spot for him to come in and, part- and participate. Listen, it's going to probably be a lot of Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison uh, this week against the Chiefs. Uh, I know they like to rotate guys, but I think AJ S is still going to get some run. And if you feel like special teams is important, Daryl Johnson's one of your best special teamers. So I think that if he's, a healthy, if he's healthy enough, we could be in a situation where it goes back to – Daryl Johnson getting activated, unless they can find a spot elsewhere, something to consider. Vernon Butler didn't practice today. If he can't go, maybe they end up going with five defensive ends because you can work Trent Murphy in still and, and, and lean on Daryl Johnson in special teams.
5: Yeah, these these are the questions that we're going to have to try to figure out over the course of the week, especially when that final injury report comes out. But if, if it is simply a, a discussion of – uh, Murphy versus uh, Johnson, you have to go Johnson just because, like you said, the special teams, he is key on those coverage units. He's very good in that area. Uh, but shout out to Trent Murphy. Sat, you know, I, I know he played in week 17 in, in the game where a lot of the starters rested, Hughes um, and Addison specifically. But he sat inactive for most of the second half of that season and he had a huge run stop against Lamar Jackson. They didn't credit him with a sack because it was technically a run play, but he stayed disciplined. He faked like he was going to go inside and go after the back, and he actually fooled Lamar. So when Lamar tried to cut it outside, Murphy was there. He was he stayed in his lane. He waited, and then he wrapped him up for a big loss. So, you know, it, it, that is one of the good things that I love about this team uh, and the players on this team. They're always ready for that opportunity, and there's it's it's the – We versus me mentality, which we've talked about before. This is a team. There are no egos on that inactive list that we see every week. TJ Yeldon, pretty much inactive every single week this season. Now that Zach Moss uh, went down with a a serious injury, he was the one that got called up. He was rewarded uh, for that patience and not complaining and having no issues. So, you know, kudos to Murphy, though, for stepping up when it mattered. But now that uh, Johnson's back, I, I think you have to go Johnson.
4: Mm. Um, another, uh, interesting storyline to watch. It was mentioned in the sto- in the, um, comments here is Gabriel Davis, uh, suffered that ankle injury. He played through it, uh, against the Ravens. And so my first inclination would be like, we'll watch and we'll see if he practices tomorrow or Friday. Uh, but my inclination would be that he might be probably be good to go, uh, for Sunday, uh, depending on the severity of that thing. And you never really quite know for certain, but it brings up another point, and uh, you know, there's was one aggressive fo- uh, gentleman on Twitter that seems to be a very big Kenny Stills fan, and <laughs> rightfully so. Whatever, whatever uh, gets you going, um, and he keeps posting every time we talk about an injury, uh, uh, a gif of of Kenny Stills, and that I think finally, Ryan, that's in play this week. Um, first of all, we've had a couple days here and a couple weeks here for him to kind of get acclimated, learn the playbook. Kind of maybe go through the motions of, uh, of the different types of roles he can play, and that's the cool thing about Stills is I think he's very uh, versatile. He can play multiple spots. Spots you could throw him in the slot. You could throw him in a four wide receiver set. You could throw him on the outside at either side. So we'll see if maybe he kind of factors into things. If Gabriel Davis can't go, the more I think about it, the more I think that if Gabriel Davis can go and they and they feel comfortable with it, I still don't think we see Kenny Stills, but. They brought him in here for this exact reason, and if Gabriel Davis can't go, I think Kenny Stills is a, is a viable – he's in play for this weekend.
5: Yeah, I mean, at worst, you elevate him like we've seen the, the team do with these uh, two practice squad players, and for the last few weeks, every practice squad player has been on that inactive list, but bring him up as that emergency option in case Gabriel Davis, uh, you know, something happens in warm-ups, or, or maybe you just sit there and say, well, he's going to play, but he's, he's not at 100%. We have to limit the snap count, and we can – we can take X off the field, whoever that player is for this game. and we can add Stills to that roster. And like you said, he can play inside. He can play outside. Maybe the Bills throw something at Kansas City that uh, they're not expecting. And, and they I mean, they get five guys out there at once, and they're they're running routes. So, like you said, Stills has been here long enough now that he he probably has a good enough knowledge of this offense. Uh, he can go out there. He could contribute if his if his name is, is called upon, and that's the beauty uh, of this team and this roster. There are some big name players that were on the market or recently released that wanted to come to Buffalo, not just because of where they were in the playoffs, but because of the the culture that this team has built, the the winning that this team has built over these four seasons. This you know third playoff appearance in four years. Now they're in the championship. People on the outside are taking notice. Guys like Kenny Stills, this is a great opportunity for them. Uh, Even in these few weeks, if he doesn't play one snap of action, Matt, he's probably shown this coaching staff what he's like as a locker room guy, what he's like as a teammate. And it wouldn't shock me one bit if he's back on this roster next year where he would then play some kind of role.
4: Yeah, and I think you can even say something about the fact, just the sheer fact that he was willing to come in on a a, a – on the practice squad and not a traditional role. I mean, if, if you think about it, when he got released from Houston, I think you could have probably thought about three or four teams that uh, there would have been a fit there. I mean, you know, green Bay, you know, is, is a team. I know they got some guys that have kind of ascended. I mean, Lazard has played pretty well. And, uh, Valdean, Scantling, uh, it, it has had some nice moments this season, obviously Devonte Adams. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different teams that you'd probably figure he could have fit in with. And he was willing to come here, Come in and earn everything he's going to get, as Sean McDermott likes to say on the practice squad, and I think that speaks volumes uh, about who he is. Um, there was a one question in here, Ryan. Why don't you read that off uh, from Bob? Because I think that that is interesting. We we could talk about that a little bit.
5: Yeah. So someone said, "What do you do during the off season as far as content?" Well, to be quite honest, there is no off season in the NFL. Uh, it, as soon as this is over, I mean, you're talking owners' meetings. You and I have been around long enough to know that. Before Sean McDermott, a lot of the times the end of the season meant new coaches. So who are they going to bring in there? Uh, most years, thank goodness, it's not this way anymore. I'd probably already would have had like three mock drafts out for the Bills. Uh, so thank goodness. That's crazy. I didn't football. even think about that.
4: We haven't done one mock draft yet. I've not looked one. Looked I love it. Any draft stuff yet? I <laughs> nope.
5: No. Nope. Hey, whoever's there in the late twenties or maybe thirty-two. Uh, y- you know, I-, I love that, but. This off season goes by so quickly that it'll be draft. It'll be rookie mini camp. It'll be OTAs training camp. And then we're right back in the swing of things. So I know it's probably cliche, but there there truly is no off season in the NFL, in my opinion.
4: Yeah. I mean, we're going to have this thing dialed up, man. I mean, we, we started, um, end of April was our first show, uh, on the podcast officially. And you know, we had a full lineup of guests all summer long. I mean, we that, that's the plan again this year. I mean, I want to get players. I want to get former players. I want to get celebrities. We're going to have one in five minutes. Uh, this is his second appearance on the show. I mean, we're going to bring you content all off-season long on this YouTube channel. So if you're watching, subscribe so you can uh, make sure you get these notifications when we go live. We're so appreciative of you guys. Bill's Mafia supporting us. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about here real quick? When will we see Perino be put through the table? PJ's talking about that. Listen, if they, win a, if they win a Super Bowl and you guys want me to go through the table, uh, I mean, who am I to, to let down the fans, man? I mean, if you if it's something you're really passionate about and you can get, like, I don't know, a thousand retweets on a tweet or something or a thousand likes, <laughs> I'll do it, something like that. Um I'll put them through the table. No. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, like tough guy out there in Olean. All right, I, I see. Ya. That's right. PJ... Speaking of which, funny guy over here, uh, he always he always comments on my on my clock. Here's the thing: it's it's always gonna be set to five o'clock. No specific reason. That's just the time that it got set to when I when I put it on this little wall. The reason I have it up is because it says Prino Sports Bar. It was a really cool groomsman's gift. And when I turn it on, the only way to turn it on and make the the the, the hands move is if it's lit up neon. And it's just it's it's a weird viewing experience. So PJ. It's always five o'clock on the Shell football podcast um all right let's move forward here um what else you want to talk about here ryan we got a couple minutes before jason comes on
5: there was someone else that mentioned it during our stills talk that said well what about touchdown jesus jake kumaro that hmm. has not been made official yet but uh we, we were the we did break that he's coming back he's a, he intends to join the practice squad he's an option if he if he's ready to go by sunday night um he plays special teams. That's one thing that works in his favor. They liked him there. He knows the system because he's been with the team since early. He was with the team since early September until uh, they released him, and then he joined the Saints, obviously. So he has that knowledge. So there, there are factors in play where you could say, okay, maybe it would be Kumaro is the guy. Uh, but that move still has to be made official, uh, whether that's tomorrow morning. what you know, We have to wait and see. Uh, he, he was supposed to fly in last night, so time will tell.
4: I'm just searching some stuff here. That's great scoop from from Mr. Ryan Talbot, and it was just out uh, today. Um, I think Aaron Wilson, who I always look at from the Houston Chronicle, he always puts out all the the roster moves that he sees. And uh, it was it was finally acknowledged that Kumaro was in for a visit, uh, but the intention is that that they're going to sign him, and I think that makes sense. I mean, he looked he looked great, and I, what surprised me most about him is that with the wide receiver depth here, that he was able to even work his way into a, a position of contributing on special teams. And then when he got his opportunity, I mean, what do you have a handful of, of snaps offensively before he catches that big touchdown pass? So he's definitely in play. Uh, Jake kumro somebody they really like. I don't think they wanted to cut him. It was just John Brown was coming back and it was a numbers game. And uh, obviously him coming back shows you how much not only did, did he enjoy his time here, but how much they valued him.
5: Yeah. And you know, it's funny because we, we've talked about this before. Maybe it's also the bills playing a little bit of mind games. I think they wanted to Kumaro back. I don't think they ever wanted to lose him, but Colts week, who did they bring in as their emergency court, like a, a quarterback to look at Chad Kelly, someone who's had some experience there Uh before the jets game uh, a few years ago it was Davis Webb, who then officially joined the team. And now, you know, let's not jinx anything. They still have to win on Sunday night, but let's just say they get to the Super Bowl and they go against the Green Bay Packers. Who knows Mr. Aaron Rodgers pretty well? Jake Kumaro. Aaron Rodgers gushed about Kumaro before the start of the season. He thought Kumaro was going to be his number four wide receiver, so he was probably stunned when that was not the case. Uh, he, he knows that system. He he knows Rodgers. He could help in that area as well. So, you know, even though the Bills, no doubt in my mind, like Matt said, wanted him back because of of the player that he is. There's also that little thing, that little fact in the back of the mind where maybe he could be an asset to this team.
4: Speaking of an asset, Bills fan extraordinary. Jason Tardik in the house. What's up, my friend? How are you? Good, guys. How are you guys doing?
5: Doing well. Glad you're not driving this time around. Glad you can, you know, stay with us right here and you know, uh, focus on <laughs> the
3: show. Looking <laughs> at you guys, you know.
4: <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. When people ask me like highlights, because this obviously is our hundredth episode, I tell people all the time the most impressive thing from this season of the show was Jason Tardick killing it on the pod while driving to Buffalo. I thought I still think to this day that's one of the coolest stories. So kudos <laughs> on that.
3: Oh, I, I appreciate it. It was good to be back in Buffalo, man. I miss it there, but that was, that was, we had a good time. Um, thanks for having me, guy. Thanks for having me back and congratulations on hundred episodes, guys.
4: Thanks, man. Thanks, man. So what's this season been like for you? I mean, uh, I, we had Ariel Hawani who's been a lifelong Bills fan as well. I mean, this this has to be a situation where it's constantly like you're pinching yourself. I mean, what's it been like?
3: I did such a good, I think that's the best way to say it. Pinching myself. I mean, First of all, who doesn't love an underdog story? So the best part is, is like I feel like the whole country is behind us, which is pretty cool. Except for of course KC. But I feel like for so long, we like every season. I look back at it, like we had hope, we'd get excited about each season, and then we would fail. It almost made optimism seem impossible, right? Like the heartbreaks, the coaching staff getting fired, us questioning every draft pick. It almost seemed like. It was so ridiculous to be optimistic because you will always be let down. And for them to continue to win and win and win, it's like I feel like I'm waiting to wake up and like the dream to end.
5: No, that that's a great way to describe it, and you know, uh, Ariel mentioned it. We've had other guests mention it when the Bills were bad, and and you and people would mention, "Oh, I'm a Bills fan." There would always be those jokes involved. So, what's it been like this year, where maybe someone's seen you in, in the Bills gear? How have those conversations gone, based on the
3: success that this team has been having? Honestly, full 180, right? I mean, it's crazy. Like, uh, you got guys like Jim Cramer reaching out. I think we got all of Bachelor Nation involved. And, you know, it's kind of what's interesting, right? I think if you look at, like, national spotlight, we haven't had, like, we don't get primetime games. I think 2016 to 2019, we got three primetime games, and I think we won one of them. And then this year for Buffalo to continually be on the spotlight, right between the two playoff games. And I think we were three and one regular season on a national stage, but to thrive in a national stage, pull up and then smack the Patriots around.
4: It's uh, it's so exciting <laughs> to see them get this attention. They deserve it. So what was the part of the season where, cause I was asked this on a recent show and I think this is a really cool question. Um, what was the part of the season where you were like, okay, this is different. Like, cause I feel like there's been Bill's teams in the past. I mean, you, most recently, probably Ryan Fitzpatrick, his his tenure, and you can go back to Trent Edwards and, and tons of different stories where you know they kind of reeled you in early and things kind of went bad before too long. What part of this season where you were like, "Oh wow, this this is different," or did you kind of feel that before the season started that this was going to be different already?
3: You know, I did. I think I think last time I came on, I didn't let him rewatch it, but I believe one thing we said was. Five- The team around Josh Allen and so this is it for him he's now comfortable in his position we gave him some targets defensively we're sound he's got an old line he's got running power and two of them we're just like it's up to Josh Allen and I think what was surprising to me is I was just waiting you know the first win second win third win fourth win okay here we go but to break that seven game streak and I think the one thing that's blown me away is the consistency like even when we lost Arizona I remember that game. I was so pissed off. That was ridiculous. But I still at the end of that game was like, but I feel optimistic, we'll bounce back and we did. Other than Tennessee just getting blown out by the Titans. Mm. There was we should have won Arizona. And KC was tight. And what I think if you ask me, like what's the most surprising? It's the nonstop consistency. Cause we haven't seen that. I mean my <laughs> lifetime, really, ever.
5: Yeah. You know, before I move on to this next question, I wanted to talk about the Arizona game real quick. Do you think maybe that loss was a good thing for the team because it, it they talked about Deion Dawkins specifically in his Players Tribune piece talked about the fact that Arizona was celebrating like it was their Super Bowl, and, and the Bills said, you know, this isn't the Super Bowl; it's just one loss. We can regroup. Mario Addison on Instagram said, you know, we're going to bounce back from this. you know, something along those lines, and then they went undefeated. They ran the table, so.
3: Was, was that maybe a good loss to get them refocused and recharged? Oh, 100%. Because I think that, like, I mean, when you have your a bit of failure, and failure that honestly shouldn't have, like, that's just ridiculous. The guy was, like, inches from being out of bounds, and he chucks that up. Um, I think the resilience was incredible. I think the leadership after the game of how to bounce back, refocus, and then continue that run, you look at a game like that and you're like, I'm I'm thankful that happened. Also, you look at a game like Derrick Henry literally making us look like fools. I'm good with that. I think that motivates the defensive team, puts them in a position to prepare for a guy like Derrick Henry coming down the middle. And that's the cool thing about this team. Every failure, I think, has become a success for us, which is uh, it's fun to
4: watch. Mm. I want I want to talk a little bit about this game, and, and Ryan's got a whole bunch of stuff too that he wants to get into. But I want to talk a little bit too about what what you've been up to, because you know, obviously, if you've w- following you on social media, it's been a it's been quite a few months. Uh, you know, with your significant other, Caitlin, on on the show. I mean, what was that whole experience like, and what have you? What do you guys been? What's been the aftermath of that?
3: Yeah, so that show was crazy. First of all, um, I can't believe how hard these dancers were, Caitlin practiced every single day, six hours a day, nonstop, like there weren't breaks, they would get like a two minute water break back to work. So she would come up, her feet would have so many freaking calluses on them, I would like couldn't believe it. And so the, the way that they work was just incredible. But to see it all pay off, was like a wild 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 ride and i never expected it and also our expectations of what it would have been versus what it was was so different when we got down there right obviously with COVID, i thought i was allowed to attend the show i couldn't attend one show i didn't attend one show but to like still be like rooting caitlin on and supporting her from the sidelines it was uh, uh, really remarkable and then i think since the aftermath i mean so we got what's crazy is if you test positive one or two times dance with stars, you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. And to think that we made it through that whole time. Um, and we're very fortunate, even with Caitlin's exposure, they were very good about like protocol, but still you're with people, you're dancing with a human, um, to not get COVID and come home and get COVID. Um, you know, kind of something else. So we went through COVID, got through it in perspective to what people have dealt with. It was nothing and we got over it, but it's, you know, um, God bless anyone that comes across it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a terrible virus. You can't outthink it. But then since then, we've just been, our businesses have been rolling. Um, so that's going really well. And actually we were just, we just had a pretty big network network reach out about possibly doing some type of couple show. So all that stuff's a long wow, shot Wow, awesome, <laughs> awesome. stuff going. And then we got, uh, you know, some side stuff together, which is always exciting.
4: Well, well I, I'm not a huge, like I've never seen the show actually. And so, but I have friends that are just, absolutely addicted to it like guy friends that i never kind of really understood but i kind of see your guys like since we had you on the show like i see your guys social media and it's it's super engaging and it's like i can kind of understand it plus heather who um was on the show with us last time she always talks about like watching all the seasons and everything like that so listen it's it's super popular like i i i think i would tune in if you do a show i'll tune in all right i'll let you know we'll
3: see what happens all that stuff is you never know but if we do, man, I'm telling you, you're going to come check it out. We're going to come to Buffalo. We'll make that part of the show. Beautiful. That's <laughs> awesome. So,
5: Bills, first AFC championship game since the 1993 season. First, what were you doing around that time in 1993? Oh, well, technically 1994 when the game was played. And then what are your plans for Sunday night this year? Okay,
3: I love that. I got to pull up this this picture, okay? So <laughs> this was – I'll put it up to the camera. This is a picture of my mom and dad. At the yep. AFC championship game in 93. Okay. My wow. mom is my age and my dad's around like 35. And so they're still rocking the Zubas. And, um, you know, it's so cool to see my parents. Are like, I'm so excited that you get to experience this at your age, just like we did. I think at that time, I don't know, I was five. It's Probably my grandfather lived in Orchard Park right around the stadium. So I would go there while my parents just tailgate and have a blast. So it's been, it's been a while, but
4: it's good to be back. <laughs> Why do you think people? We were talking about this with Ariel because he's not from Buffalo, so he doesn't understand the the culture of it. You obviously we, we grew up in it. Why do you think people started smashing through tables? Do you have intel on this?
3: Oh, that's a great question. I
4: mean, that was that's
3: that was inevitable. Like, I mean, this <laughs> happened at board games. Smashing tables was nothing. I remember we we used to play a game. I shouldn't even. Whatever. I'm putting it out there. It's called Chairway to Heaven. Okay, and one guy would sit in the lawn chair. And then another guy would be like ten yards back, said "Hut, hut!" And like seven guys would run. and throw the football up. The guy would try and catch it, just get blasted. Am so, <laughs> I surprised that it you know ended up detouring the tables? No, I thought it'd probably be something worse. But yeah, you know, let's do it. That's, That's amazing. hilarious.
5: <laughs> so <laughs> let's just say the Bills win on Sunday. Would you? What would what would you do to get to that Super Bowl? Would would you go first of all? Uh, you know would you go out of your way to make sure that you could be there for that game
3: okay so first of all i'm like this close to closing it on kc so we're (laughs) almost there i mean i got everything lined up the ticket i think we're almost there so uh i'm it's likely i'm going to go to kc super bowl i am already got it like this is like a ridiculous like bills fan but i already have places booked i got my ticket lined up all the wow at all it's all in i'm on the hook for the cost of the ticket regardless so the boys make it i'm going and i think honestly regardless i'm gonna end up going but I have, I have a good feeling about this
4: that's awesome so what's your game what's the last two weeks been like what's your game day setup like do you have any like rituals do you have or is it like do you, can you watch it with people can you not because some people like i know i know plenty of people that can't watch Bill's games with people that don't share their enthusiasm. Like I saw this one video where this guy was flipping out. Did you see this Ryan? Oh, yeah. in was, was his living room and there's three people sitting next to him and they weren't even like reacting to the Taron Johnson interception.
5: The, the dog reacted more than the other people. The dog yeah. kind of like sat up like what just happened? Yeah. I saw
3: that one. I love that. I mean, so what we've been doing, I mean, a little superstitious thing. There's a girl who owns a business in Nashville called reworked. And so what she'll do is she'll buy vintage stuff. And then she like makes it her own and sends it. And she sent it as a gift. It's this Bill's sweater. It's so old. It's got the Puma logo. And then she did the tie dye. So it comes in the mail and I wear it. I'm like, oh, we won. I'll wear it again. Oh, we won. I have worn this sweater. We're 8-0 in this thing. So I will be rocking. I haven't washed it either, which is gross. But it's, <laughs> it's not like a mix of bats. But uh, I will be rocking that sweater. And Caitlin's even on board. She's got her Jim Kelly jersey. Now she's been wearing that every week because we won with it. And uh, I don't know if you saw Caitlin's stories last week, but if you missed them, I got a post. I'm ready to fire out Saturday. Caitlin
4: went through her first table and it's all on video. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's the kind of content that people are here for. So right. at tables, you mentioned tables around Bill's fans, and <laughs> that's when the party starts. Get excited. Um, so let's get into this Chiefs game a little bit, because right. I think that I want to take your temperature on where you're feeling going into it, because – Listen, there's a lot of positivity around this game. Like the early, I mean, it's not just Patrick Mahomes being like, you know, his status being up in there. It definitely looks like he's trending towards playing. And yeah. rightfully so. I think if you're any self respecting Bills fan, you want Patrick Mahomes in this game. You want to beat the best. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But listen, here's. The situation is, I think the Bills are set up pretty nicely in this rematch. I mean, they played with a lot of pieces in the first time around. I like a couple of their matchups specifically their their skill players against you know defensive players for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. Where are you sitting right now, four days out?
3: Yeah. So um, okay. So first of all, I'm paying very close attention to the spread. It opened at three, went down to two and a half. It's now at three. I'm interested if that's baked in with the assumption. I think it is, probably with Mahomes playing. Um, what I read the other day is if I mean <laughs> Matt, you're a respectful man, but if Mahomes plays, the Bills t- technically, based on historicals and analysts, have a 60. Uh, I'm sorry, Casey has a 69% chance of winning, and if Mahomes doesn't play, that likelihood goes down to 32%. So I, uh, me, I just want to win. I don't care. It's done. <laughs> but- I think one thing that's been good for the Bills is, again, the learning experience. right? You look at the Indy game, and I loved how our defense adjusted for Baltimore. So I think we're, we're learning, we're becoming better, which is fantastic. The coaching uh, regime is making some serious adjustments. One of my biggest concerns for the game is that we haven't had uh, 100 yards rushing plus in three games straight. and I think on, like, I don't know, I think it was like 16 attempts, we only ran the ball for 32 yards. And how many times did it set us up for the long third downs? And so I Just think with Mahomes and and Kelsey and all their threats, Hill, it doesn't end. You have to put up points. And I think to do so, obviously, you need a little bit of a running game. So I want our running game to be a little bit better than it was. Our defense has to just be unstoppable. But for us to win this game, we have to put up points. Our team total on Vegas odds is 26.5 points. That's what Vegas has the bills at for their over-under. I think we score over 26 and a half points. We're going to have a damn good chance of winning this game. But if that, we need to put up points. So, I mean, that's, I could go into this game and talk about it all day, but those are just some thoughts because I know you guys have been going for a long time there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: <that's laughs> all right, you, though. You got the group. Do you got a group text like, of other yeah. yeah. fans that are figuring this all out right now?
3: Oh, yeah, we got it all figured. I mean, so we think. I think the other thing, too, is like Kelsey had two touchdowns against us. Mahomes' uh, red zone conversion is incredible. Actually, Josh Allen's is better. His, his For the regular season game, he surpassed Mahomes in red zone passing. Um, but, he, I mean, you got to stop. But what also scared me, too, is with Henny. I mean, it showed how well their system worked when he converted, at, I think, third and eighteen. And that's a system that we gotta prepare for somehow, some way we gotta do it.
5: Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. So obviously Josh Allen has to be great, Stefan Diggs has to be great, but do you have an X factor for this game? Maybe one on offense and defense, where if this player does this, because you just mentioned Travis Kelsey, for instance, they didn't have Matt Milano in that first game. So maybe it's Matt Milano for defense, but do you have an X factor going into this game that could maybe uh turn the tide for Buffalo? I
3: think back to my point about running. If we can get ah, we can get the running game together, um, you know that that's huge, right? So that's a big one. The other one is that if Buffalo gets one more receiver, that becomes a big threat. You're looking at a potentially like undefeated team for us this year. It's been Cole Beasley, and having him as an option when Diggs is obviously. This show that he's been and had this has the success that he has, every coaching staff is going to coach around Allen and Diggs. You have to. But when Beasley's been able to step up in that slot position and really perform, uh, it's made a huge difference for how I think defenses will defend us. And Beasley was a little hurt. Something's going on with his injury. I think we saw it a lot last game. I think if if his recovery is going well and we can really involve him, uh, and couple that in with a running game that has been pretty much non-existent lately,
4: I think that could be the X factor. Hmm. I, so one big overarching theme to this game for me is the Patrick Mahomes versus this Bills defense coming off of how poorly they played in the first time around, and rightfully so. I mean, they were missing a lot of pieces, but I think that there's a little bit of a mental edge for teams when they kind of win a game, maybe in not playing their best game, I think Kansas City's going to come in here, no matter the circumstances, no matter who they have, who they don't, kind of strutting around a little bit at home against a team they beat pretty handily the first time around. Despite so, and I know Andy Reid has said they were missing people, and he, he said Sean McDermott today should be coach of the year. That all of the the niceties, yeah. but I think there's a lot of things to like about defensively the way the Bills are playing right now against this Kansas City offense to hold them to and low enough point total to where this Bill's offense could score enough to win. Because I think at the end of the game, all this is going to come down to Josh Allen. I think it's been building to this moment. And my 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 gut feeling is that he's going to be game in that moment.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think Josh Allen uh, from a playoff perspective, I think after his interview with Diggs, he's one of the comments he said, hey, listen, a win's a win. It was a team win. I think we can all uh, just put out there that Josh Allen's year of passing over for 4,500 yards, you know, all the time, almost close to 50 touchdowns QB rating of 107 was just incredible. Uh, have we seen a pretty good Josh Allen in playoffs? We have. Can we see a better one? A hundred percent. And so, you know, the playoff jitters are gone. He's got his team playing the best they can. I think if we can see the pinnacle of, of Josh Allen that we saw during the year, it could be it could be his time to shine in the most beautiful, perfect stage there is. So I agree with you. He's a he's a huge piece of this puzzle, and I don't think we have seen the best of Josh Allen yet this playoffs, and I think and hoping we do.
4: <laughs> so you're a huge Bills fan. What else? What else? What else would you consider yourself a fan of, or is it just kind of like Bills? I mean, Sabers maybe. I don't know. Which, what are you a fan of?
3: Yeah, big, big Bills fan, big Sabres fan, um, you know, from a baseball perspective, I'm a Yankees fan. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess from a sports team perspective, yeah, that's, that's – what, what sport am I missing there? Oh, basketball. I'm uh, a Lakers fan, you know, cool. But, yeah, this is <laughs>
4: – my. it's okay with me. I'm a big LeBron guy, so – There you uh,
3: go. I'm okay, <laughs> but I'm all in on these guys. I mean, this is – you guys for my number one team. It's definitely the Buffalo Bills.
4: What what else you got? And I, you said you were gonna drop a a big video Saturday, so fans can look forward to yeah. that. What else What else you got going on? What else do you want anybody to know about? Anything that uh, that should be on everybody's radar?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I have a, one of my companies that's been a focus is called Restart Reset. We really focus on personal finance, career development, and um, we bring in new celebrities and industry experts weekly to help kind of teach us the lessons that just aren't taught in school. So that has been a fun project I've been working on. And, um, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, fun and biz- exciting business stuff, but I got to show you guys these. These came in today. I mean, if you're asking me about what I'm excited about. And I guess I'm the heyman. man. And so, I, I mean, any Bills fan would appreciate this, but I want to do a little unboxing here. They got the Zuba uh, tissue paper, and then look at these freaking custom shits.
0: Wow.
3: I, this is my first time actually seeing them I open them, but look at those Ooh. puppies. So, I mean, I, I want to I plug all my businesses right now. But I gotta plug, uh, I gotta plug the Heyman because these puppies just came in and these are gonna be in good shape. Right, that stripe, that nice. stripe is fire.
4: That stripe is, uh, that's a nice shoe right there. Yeah.
3: I think these are Air Force Ones.
4: Like I don't know. So anyway, that's that's amazing. <laughs> um, well, very cool, very cool stuff. Um, thank you so much for taking some of your time tonight, man. This is, you know, when we started putting together this final show here. Uh, we Ryan and I were throwing around some names who we really enjoyed through the first hundred, and you were at the top of that list. So we appreciate you. You always being cool with your time, and uh, it's fun to just catch up and and kind of tap into the excitement because, you know, we we cover this team. It's become like a job for both of us, and so uh, we have a lot of passion for it as well. But it's nice to tap into that fan part of it, and it looks like you're you're amped to the gill, So that's cool.
3: I'm ready to go. Matt, Ryan, I appreciate you guys having me on. Congratulations on a hundred episodes. Like, you know, for everyone that is watching and listening, these uh, episodes take a lot of time and effort to put in and to reach a hundred and do it consistently is awesome. So cheers to your show. Congrats. And let's get that winning KC. Let's do it.
4: There you go, man. Thanks again. Take care. Uh, We'll be right back guys.
0: Ready for football with every game, a home game tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway for six weeks. Every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70 inch 4k TV shop tops for the best deals in town in store or online to win. All
4: right, that'll do it. We're going to do final thoughts here. We got another show coming this week. We're not going to leave you hanging. We're going to go in-depth. I haven't even really started my my hardcore research for this game yet just because there's been so many moving parts to this week. Uh, I'm hoping to do that later tonight, early tomorrow. Um, If you're watching on YouTube right now, thank you so much. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Uh, Find us on the audio platforms, uh, Google, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify. Uh, Subscribe, rate, and review there. We'll be back on Friday, somewhere around the 6 o'clock hour. I haven't determined a final time yet, but keep an eye out for that. Uh, sometimes we post the show and if you notice it and you kind of set a reminder, sometimes we change the time. So set that reminder. So, you know, when, when we're going to go live, cause there's a lot of moving pieces this week, Ryan, give us a final thought.
5: Yeah. Final thought for me is, you know, keep an eye on this linebacking unit on Sunday night. I know we're gonna have another show before then, but I really think that a healthy Tremaine Edmonds and a healthy Matt Milano can make a huge difference in the outcome of this game. Uh, Kansas city has no shortage of weapons. There's no, but if Buffalo goes with a similar game plan, I feel the tackling is going to be better uh, against the run. And you might have a guy that can slow down Travis Kelsey a little bit better than what the Bills did in that first matchup. So early thoughts on this, like you said, before we do our deep dive, keep an eye on that linebacker unit.
4: All right, everybody. For Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. This has been the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast number 100, and we're just getting started. Thank you so much for all your support. Keep a lock on the Syracuse.com, com. We'll see you this weekend.
0: Ready for football? Tops is with ready to serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops.